Um, we are today going to receive a presentation on the BRRR um, and also the reflection on the analysis on the uh, SONA, in particular on the issues that are relating to best. Um, and then uh, deal with the report around the private members bill that was discussed and this was carried by the committee on how we must uh, uh, move forward. And therefore, we'll then be able to uh, end the, the meeting. We welcome uh, uh, all of you uh, who have uh, received the, the reports from the Home Affairs and they've been circulated to members. We have uh, gone through the, the report and hope that uh, the minister and the, the team of uh, Home Affairs uh, and related uh, uh, stakeholders that are involved in the portfolio of Home Affairs will, will run the, the presentation. I'm going to ask uh, um, uh, Mr. Matonzi to run on apologies and um, introductions. Uh, will be carried uh, to, uh, to the minister, and then we'll then go to the item that have been uh, highlighted on the on the agenda. Uh, Mr. Matunze. Hi, Chair. Uh, I've got uh, an apology from Ms. Mamulobeng. Uh, she's attending the Justice Committee meeting, and then um, this one is a late arrival to the meeting by Ms. Tito. That's all, Chairperson. Thank you, um, Mr. Matkonsi. Um, can we invite uh, the minister to introduce uh, the team? Minister Mzolidi. Chairperson. Honorable Lohase. Before the minister, I would like to submit the apology for Ms. Motise. Okay, uh, carry on, Mr. Uh, sorry, uh, Honorable Lohase. Yes, Ms. Mudisa won't be with us today, and I don't know for how long because she is on maternity. Okay. Any, any other apology? Okay, thank you, Honorable Lohase. Uh, will carry the apologies as uh, presented. Honorable Tito arriving late. Honorable Ramalo Bain, uh, attending the Justice uh, Com Portfolio Committee. Honorable Mudisi uh, Mza, um, as indicated by Honorable Khwase on her maternity. Um, Minister Mzolidi. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson. And good morning honorable, to Honorable Members. I will uh, give this opportunity to the DG to introduce uh, his team. Thank you. DG, can you take over, please? Thank you, uh, Minister. Good morning uh, to the Minister, Deputy Minister, Honourable Chairperson, and uh, Honourable Members that are in uh, attendance. Uh, from our side, we joined by the uh, CFO, Mr. Gordon uh, Holambi, and uh, there's uh, an apology from DDG Mabuso, who's actually attending uh, uh, class. And then there's DDG Sigama, responsible for civics, uh, DDG uh, Muizi, responsible for counter-corruption and security services, uh, the uh, CIO, Mr. Ntlantlamabaso, and then the acting TDG for HR, uh, Merci Fanyezo Moldefe, and then TDG uh, McKay. 
and then also from uh, the uh, ministry, we joined by uh, Mudubi, Maisela Kamdluli, Mr. Magua, Mr. Siakosa, Mr. Muzi Njokwe. Uh, that's the team from the ministry and then from the department. Just to conclude, it's uh, the chief director for strategy, planning and uh, policy. I hope I did not leave anyone behind from uh, our team. Uh, that's the team from uh, Home Affairs uh, Minister and uh, Chairperson. Thank you. No, no thanks very much, uh, Minister. Um, I'm reminded uh, uh, nearly forgot, forgotten uh, to congratulate uh, Honorable Ross um, and Honorable uh, Mudise um, on their uh, newly uh, born uh, baby. Congratulations, uh, colleagues. Let's invite the minister to introduce the uh, the presentation, and he will delegate uh, uh, to the team. Uh, and I'm advised that uh, the, the DG will uh, uh, leave the meeting uh, uh, to attend to another commitment at around uh, uh, ten o'clock. Thank you, Minister. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Uh, the presentation, as you know, is in two parts. Recording in progress. Uh, the DG will take you through the uh, the report on the Department of Home Affairs and the CEO of the Government Printing Works, Ms. Alina Fossi, will also take you thereafter through her report. I think let me give them the opportunity to do so. I'll be available together with them to answer any question that may arise. Thank you very much. DG, over to you. Proceed, DG. Well, thank you so much, uh, Chairperson. Um, I hope, um, Adam, you'll be able to beam the presentation on our behalf. Just waiting, Chair, for the presentation to come online. Thank you. Can you thank see you so Yes, sir. Thank yes. you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Adam. So the, the first issue, Chairperson, was really around uh, the department providing a full report on the reopening. I'm not sure what Adam is doing now. <laughs> a full report on the reopening of the uh, refugee uh, offices, both in uh, PE and uh, Cape Town as a result of the court order, uh, which was uh, issued by uh, Acting Justice Devet. Uh, the update is that uh, the uh, PE uh, RRO was reopened on the 19th of October, and the details are provided on screen. And then with regards to the Cape Town uh, RRO, a process has uh, started, and we are working with uh, public works and infrastructure to finalize uh, with the landlord uh, for the tenant installations. And we hope that uh, by the 1st of October, uh, the Cape Town RRO will be fully functional and will take occupation of uh, the uh, center. That's with regards to the first one. The second one, 6.1.2, honorable members, uh, we were, I think the minister was uh, asked to engage uh, the ministers of finance regarding the cutting of funding uh, already to a budget that was uh, constrained. Uh, Chairperson and honorable members, I think uh, we've reported previously that following a business case that we submitted to uh, National Treasury in particular to deal with the capacitation of the department on the 28th of January 2022, National Treasury 
uh, approved the submission that we made and then uh, an allocation initially we received a preliminary allocation of 266 million for the 22-23 financial year and that was confirmed in the allocation letter that subsequently we received is the same amount and then it increases to 278 in the next financial year and then in the outer year it moves to 291 million so we should be able to capacitate fully our civic offices uh, with 350 um, new additional members and then immigration 428 where we have uh, all those uh, vacancies and we hope that uh, in the month of March, we should be able to advertise uh, those positions so that we're able to uh, fill all the uh, vacancies. That's the update with regards to 6.1.2. And then on 6.1.3, if we can move to the next one, uh, Adam. Where we committed or we were urged to commit to a clean uh, audit, uh, we remain committed to achieving a clean uh, audit uh, outcome. And to that extent, we did uh, develop an audit uh, action plan, which was approved by EXCO at uh, its meeting on the uh, 8th of uh, December 2021. And the CFO is leading the department in this initiative. And we currently are monitoring all the back to basics meetings, which are looking at the audit action plan on a monthly basis to look at uh, whether we are making progress with regards to the interventions that have been uh, uh, proposed or we are working on. So that is uh, ongoing uh, work and it's the same that we've shared with uh, uh, the team from the AG and uh, we'll provide uh, the committee with progress as and when we move along, in particular when we provide the quarterly updates to the portfolio committee. And then on the next one, which is uh, 6.1.4, where there was a request for us to ensure that uh, the budget plans are 100, or we spend 100% of the budget. In particular, I think we were asked to ensure that the budget also is aligned to the targets that are achieved. I think the point that we wanted to make as well, in addition to what we have provided for, is that in addition to the payment of salaries, because of the nature of our work, which is more labor intensive, uh, we probably spend at CFO about 3.46 billion uh, on uh, the COE, uh, which translates to about 39% or uh, 54 if we were to include the other allocations, which uh, means that uh, even though we will want to strive for that balance, the challenge remains that uh, we are a labor-intensive department and therefore the spending on the COE will always be uh, higher. Then on 6.1.5, uh, it's a matter that uh, was uh, raised by the committee uh, to ensure that uh, all officials uh, that were found to have acted in the legal procurement of the bike bridge fence are held accountable. The update is that uh, this matter is being probed by the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, DPWNI, and therefore, uh, for sure, they should be able to provide the committee with an update with regards to that matter. Similarly, with the 6.1.6, where the committee uh, asked us about a report of the Special Investigations Unit on uh, Bide Bridge, uh, that report has not been shared, uh, DTG uh, Muizi, uh, with uh, counter corruption and security services uh, as yet. And uh, if uh, we do uh, uh, get uh, the report for sure, Public Works should be able to share that uh, with uh, the uh, committee 6.1.7 uh, the committee requested us to address the issue of long queues at its uh, offices it's a matter that uh, we are seized with 
It's a matter that we're taking quite serious. It's ongoing work that uh, we are dealing with. And there was a proposal from the committee that uh, we need to ensure that we introduce an appointment system. We have done that. The appointment system is being uh, piloted already at uh, 24 uh, offices uh, by the end of March. We hope uh, that we'll be able to provide the committee with an update. It's a web-based uh, system development linked to the National Population Register to provide an added level of uh, security. And um, in the Western Cape, there's been a big uptake in terms of uh, the appointment system in the four offices where it's been introduced, whether it's in Barak, in Pal, and uh, we're now looking at uh, uh, introducing it, I think uh, the colleagues had indicated, uh, Pal and uh, Weinbeck. There's been a huge uptake in those areas. KZN in Dwendwe and Tonkat, that uh, system is uh, operational in Gauteng, Acacia, and uh, Barak offices. So if you look at it, uh, Chair, we've started more with uh, your large offices where we're experiencing a lot of pressure. And the first phase, which uh, concludes in June, we're looking at 43 offices where this system will be rolled out. And then the second phase will be to roll it out to 120 offices by the 31st of October, and then uh, small offices that will be left will be about 34. Uh, but we're continually ensuring that uh, we monitor the system to ensure that the stability in the system, uh, so that when we roll it out to all the 197 modernized offices, the system is able to ensure that when someone books uh, for an appointment, they are able to get that service uh, timelessly when they get to the office. That's the update on 6.1.7, on 6.2.1, I think it's similar to what I provided earlier on. The audit action plan was approved by uh, EXCO and it's be addressing all the findings that have been raised by the uh, AG uh, regarding the financial and performance reporting of the department. And of course, this will be submitted to the Portfolio Committee Honorable Members as part of the uh, quarterly uh, reports. And then the next one, 6.2.2. Uh, it's looking at uh, the implementation of uh, revenue uh, collection, uh, including the contingent liabilities. I think CFO will be able to share more light in terms of where we are. In the last report that uh, the CFO has shared with us, we were informed that since November 2021, the Department uh, of uh, DERCO has been able to ensure payment of uh, 49, including about uh, 150 million to date. So we are making progress with regards to that area. Similarly, in the area of uh, contingent uh, liabilities, I think the portfolio committee will know that during the 2021-22 financial year, uh, two uh, contractual disputes, and I think there's an error there, it's with New Dawn and uh, uh, Velo IT, uh, double ring is still uh, not uh, resolved. The Concord ruled in our favor. And uh, of course, that means uh, we've uh, wiped out that uh, 630 uh, million from our contingent liability. Of course, the contingent liability remains a, a moving target. It will uh, uh, come as and when people uh, litigate against the department. And then on 6.2.3, it's similar to the other one. The audit action plan was approved by uh, EXCO again, and uh, the CFO is looking at uh, getting an external uh, person to assist in particular in the preparation of the annual financial statements to ensure that uh, there's third quality uh, uh, assurance. Then on 6.2.4, uh, we are working with uh, DPW 
uh, to ensure that uh, we do realize the establishment of our offices uh, in the malls. I think previously we reported on the 30th of November to the portfolio committee that uh, we're working with a number of uh, entities uh, to look at expanding our footprint to those malls. The Department of Public Works and Infrastructure granted us uh, approval in terms of the GMA Act to enable the department to enter into negotiations with the owners of these malls. However, uh, Treasury has uh, also asked us uh, similarly to say uh, we also need to uh, test the market so that we're not favoring one mall over the other. And then on 6.2.5, where the committee requested us to assess and report within six months, on the cost and benefit of having security cameras, security services. I think this is an ongoing matter that uh, Advocate Muitz is attending to, but we're looking at uh, tapping into the criminal assets uh, recovery account or the CARA funding uh, for the installation of security cameras uh, at some of our offices. But we're not just looking at that. We're also looking at uh, how do we complement the uh, guards that are at our offices with an alarm system inclusive of uh, armed uh, response to ensure that uh, our assets are kept uh, safe. So that's a matter that's uh, ongoing. We're looking at that. And then 6.2.6, the committee urged us to work with uh, landlords to ensure that uh, the Baramol office is renovated and reopened as soon as possible. I think the portfolio committee did visit uh, uh, the Baramol office after the incidents of the 21st of uh, July. Uh, the landlord has almost uh, completed the uh, repairs uh, at the Paramol. Uh, Home Affairs is now looking at uh, the internal renovations and counter installations. We hope that uh, once that's uh, all sorted, uh, we should be fully functional by the 1st of April 2022. This is uh, an expense that we're not uh, budgeted for, but we had to find funding. Uh, to look at uh, ensuring that we continue to operate from uh, that uh, office. 6.2.7, I think the committee requested for an update uh, on the uh, issue around the contract with EOH. I think the committee will recall that we reported to the committee that uh, EOH has since ceded the contract to IDEMIA, which is currently implementing phase one of uh, the ABIS uh, initiative. And then uh, on uh, 6.2, Point eight, we were urged uh, by the committee to ensure that uh, uh, there's enough space uh, at uh, and contingent staff for the Mamilodi office. Again, this is work uh, that's ongoing. I think the minister has directed us as well to start looking at uh, additional uh, office space uh, in next to the mall that is uh, uh, in uh, Mamilodi to ensure that uh, we are able to address uh, some of the issues. However, with regards to the connectivity. Uh, that has been done, uh, including uh, the uh, connectivity uh, of uh, the Mamilodi Hospital, which is currently doing birth and death uh, registration. We hope that it will then assist in reducing volumes for clients that visit the Mamilodi uh, office. And then on 6.2.9, we were requested to provide an update with regards to the modernization of all offices and report on the progress in this regard in the next quarter. I suppose uh, this links to an earlier discussion or an earlier input that I have made. Uh, I think this is ongoing work with regards to the modernization of additional uh, offices uh, due to the limitation of floor space in some of our offices. Our 
property team is working with uh, DPW to look at the relocation of some of the offices, but linked to that, uh, uh, honorable members and minister, you'll recall that uh, there's a infrastructure built uh, project where we are building uh, modern offices. Uh, some have already been uh, concluded and are operational. Lusiki Siki, we have indicated that it's operational. Uh, Daung, uh, the, the one in Mugopane, and uh, Toyando should be uh, coming on board as well as modern offices uh, that will be able to cater for our clientele instead of people standing outside our offices. And then 6.2.10 on the planning and risk committees uh, established, I think where there's a planning and a risk committee that is uh, fully functional and the counter-corruption and security service are working with risk management unit to look at threats and vulnerabilities in the various aspects of the department, including offices and mobile units. And then on 6.2.11, I think uh, the committee had noted that uh, despite the social distancing at uh, some of our offices, we need to monitor this uh, in the event of increased demand. Of course, uh, it's a matter that uh, we took quite seriously and ensure that all the office managers in the morning need to be out uh, managing uh, the queues. Of course, they do work with the security services uh, that's provided in some of these offices to deal with the issue around uh, queues outside our uh, offices. And then on 6.2.12, on the dual uh, connectivity, this is work uh, that's uh, ongoing, and I think uh, the minister will speak to the issue around the broadband in FRACO initiative, which aims to expand connectivity and network throughout the country, and it's a matter that we hope we'll be able to tap into that, including the CETA investment plan to ensure that we have uninterrupted networks, and they indicated to us that they've made an investment of around 500 million to ensure that we deal with some of these issues. From our side, in terms of the technology refresh of network equipment, we have started replacing routers and switches. And this is work uh, that's uh, ongoing uh, as well to ensure that uh, the system is uh, stable and it's able to provide services without any interruption. 6.2.13 honorable members. Uh, again, uh, the audit action plan was approved by this one specifically looks at the issue of uh, irregular uh, expenditure. This is an ongoing uh, matter. And then 6.2.14 on disciplinary cases to be pursued. Uh, all cases that are a criminal investigation have been referred to the South African Police uh, Services, uh, including some aspects of the UH report that has been referred to uh, the Hawks. Uh, we're still waiting for an update with regards to how far they've gone uh, on that matter. And then 6.2.15. Uh, we were requested to ensure that we continue uh, with the registration of birth at all our health uh, facilities. The update that we can provide to the committee is that uh, almost 165 of these uh, health facilities are able to issue on the spot um, uh, birth uh, uh, registrations, uh, which is a good uh, progress. And of course, we'll want to upscale uh, this uh, to the 1,445 facilities Uh, which will uh, take a bit of time because uh, we really need uh, to invest in this uh, specific area. I think it's it's an initiative that uh, members would have seen uh, the DM uh, launching at Raima Musa uh, sometimes uh, last week. And 
it is uh, really improving in terms of ensuring that uh, people that need to register their birth, and we hope Honorable Modis and Honorable uh, Ross will be able to register uh, their newly newborns within the uh, legal uh, limit of uh, 30 days. And congratulations. And then on the 6.2.16, where the department uh, were expected to ensure that uh, the transfer, uh, this relates to the transferring of required staff and budget to the BMA. You'll recall, Chair, that we reported previously that uh, uh, for the financial year, there was an allocation of 120 that's been provided to the BMA, and the Minister of Public uh, Service and Administration has approved the interim uh, structure for the uh, BMA in the next uh, few weeks. The commissioner is online, will be able to speak to uh, the process uh, of the um, acquisition uh, process uh, to bring on board uh, the uh, border guards as the first uh, priority in terms of their recruitment uh, process for the uh, BMA. So we're making a lot of progress with regards to uh, the BMA. And then 6.2.17 on the redevelopment of the six uh, ports of uh, entry. I think we're making a lot of progress in this area uh, as well. We are working with the presidential infrastructure project. This project has been registered as a priority uh, project. And of course, uh, once uh, we have finalized uh, working with uh, the other stakeholders, the request uh, for proposals, we should be going uh, to the market soon to ensure that uh, we start uh, finalizing the bidding uh, process. Of course, this is subject to processes at uh, National uh, Treasury. So that's the last one, Minister and Chairperson, in terms of the Department of uh, Home Affairs. I think the next section deals with the government printing works. I hope, Chairperson, you will have noted that uh, there's uh, matters for the IEC. I think the IEC colleagues are also uh, online. Thank you so much, uh, Chairperson and Minister. Thank you. Thanks very much, uh, TG, for the presentation. I will suggest we invite uh, Government Printing Works to go through the report, and then uh, we will then interface with the uh, uh, issues once the presentation has been made. Um, CEO Fossey. Chairperson, um, good morning, honorable members, Minister DM, colleagues. Um, let me continue with the report from Government Printing Works, um, starting at 6.1.8. Um, which talks to the introduction of the Security Printers Bill. Um, feedback in this regard is that we have actually been um, engaging with various stakeholders, um, both at national and provincial level, to ensure that there's proper consultation on the bill. I need to indicate that the legislative provisions for ring-fencing of the bill will not be introduced, but we will rather choose to implement it once it has been tabled in Parliament. Um, the issue of the master plan uh, is an issue that has been actually uh, presented to the portfolio committee before, as well as the delays which were caused uh, by DPWI on the tender processes, which were cancelled, and we had to restart the process. And as a result, there were unnecessary delays in that regard. However, through the intervention of our minister, we approached the presidency through Infrastructure SA. Dr. Ramakopa has been really assisting us to uh, secure 
an exemption from GMA, which at this point has been granted, and so that we can have DBSA help us with this project to achieve it within a shorter turnaround time. And um, they will then serve as our implementing agent. I need to indicate that at this point in time, we've received a project plan, which indicates that the uh, handover meeting has been moved from the 3rd of March to the 1st of April, which is, well, another delay. But this is how, how it is at this point in time. And they are finalizing the MOU between DBSA and DPWI just to make sure that the handover, once it's concluded, then the MOU can then regulate the relationship between us going forward. We are finalizing the project plan with DBSA alongside this process to make sure that we first check this project which is so critical to the strategic direction of GP of GP of GPW. 6.1.10. Um, we previously called this the state security printer bill. Um, SSA intervened and say state security is their mandate. Therefore, we then reverted to security printers bill, which is what it's called now. Um, they have been helping us with the classification of documents, and that document will serve as an addendum to the bill once concluded because we're going to have a phasing approach. We have been consulting on the bill and just before we thought we could finalize it um the state law advisors came with the advice that we had to extend um, this bill to provincial departments uh, so that it should also be tabled at the ncop level and this obviously prolonged the consultation process hence it couldn't be tabled in 2019 and 20 financial year and um, the current stakeholder engagement plan um, shows that we should conclude the bill and be able to submit it to parliament by the end of the next financial year the issue of the missing CVs, um, again, is a follow-on discussion. We had a, a number of CVs for the post of CFO as well as GM operations that got lost um, in, in GPW. The hawks were called in to investigate due to the delays experienced with regards to receiving a report from SAPS. Um, I will be writing to the National Commissioner to request feedback in writing so that we can conclude and close this matter. However, internally we have acted. We had two investigation reports, which pointed to the wrongdoing um, of five by five officials, and disciplinary action has been taken against them. Um, so that um, this should, should be a deterrent. Uh, we've given them all their, their owning um, letters after being put through the, the due processes of the disciplinary process. In terms of 6.2.18, the submission of the annual reports on time. We plan to table our annual reports by the required time frame of September 2022 or the date that we shall receive from Parliament. However, we also undertake to table two sets of financial statements by the end of March 2022. As we present, AG is already on board. Um, they've started engaging GPW just to make sure that we, 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 we are assisted to table documents timelessly. In terms of the loss of financial data, I need to report that We've got the ministerial review panel that has been established to actually delve deeper into the causes of our system failures and subsequent data loss. Um, as soon as the report is tabled to GPW, we shall make sure that those who are held responsible and accountable are brought to the book. Um, we, we, we have a drive to make sure that we address the, all the outstanding audit findings from the previous years and the, the, the year that has passed uh, as part of 6.2.19. We have an, uh, two, two processes of dealing with this. I need to indicate that we have an audit matrix which has been developed and is presented at every expo which is sitting every Thursday. So all the managers know that they need to reduce all their findings to zero. 
At this point, over 70% of the audit findings have been resolved, and we hope to finalize all of them by the end of the financial year. We've introduced the Internal Controls Committee, which is now chaired by finance, the CFO, and uh, they also make sure that all the uh, internal controls deficiencies are actually addressed uh, to make sure that we move towards a, a clean audit status as GPW. We, we, we have actually managed in terms of 6.2.20 to submit the AFSs for 1920, and they've already been tabled to Parliament. The relationship with Labour 6.2.21 is a, is a continuing journey. We have put together a plan to make sure that we engage Labour much more. Um, DBC meetings are standing and they should be meeting. GMHR is actually the chairperson of that. No, it's part of that. And they all meet on a monthly basis. And at Exco, we do discuss the, the, the agenda for that meeting as well as the feedback so that we can give direction. Bilateral meetings are also held internally. Exco has held various consultations with them when we were reviewing the structure. At this point, we need to indicate that um, PSA is contemplating to go on a strike because they want salary increases for all GPW officials. We have explained in various forums that salary increases are not a mandate of either the Minister of Home Affairs nor that of um, CEO of Government Printing Works. And we've held, shortly after uh, my appointment, we had staff engagement sessions with the rest of the staff in GPW between August and October, just to explain, amongst others, this project. And to explain that benchmarking does not mean salary increase. It means you're comparing your salary structures with those of other entities. And as a result, you can then take a decision based on that to recommend to the relevant structures whether you deserve salary increases or not, uh, based on that and based on the coffers. So we did explain all that to them, but um, the, the reality is that at this point, they have submitted picketing rules to us. We are in the process of finalizing that process with them, um, and they intend to indeed proceed with the picketing in this regard. So we will, it's, it's, it's a developing issue that we will keep on monitoring. Um, in terms of the issue of amplifying our engagements with uh, uh, public works, I think it's a project that I've already reported on, so it is it would be a repetition if, if I were to continue on that. The HR uh, resources in terms of IT, I need to indicate that at this point we are on a drive to fill all the critical vacancies within ICT. To date, we've already in shortlisted and we're going to be interviewing um, three critical positions at the deputy director level, the senior database administrator, SharePoint administrator, as well as a special system admin virtual infrastructure. Um, this is one area where Home Affairs came through for us and borrowed as a resource, thanks to Gigi. And then we will be able to then fill that post and release that, that, that resource because it is a critical area. And we are engaging CETA, particularly to solve the ERP system as well as to get any technical support. We also met with CSIR so that they can help us with the PMO capacity and capability so that we can beef up our ICT environment in view of the fact that it is a vulnerable environment. So we are on a drive to assist, um, um, to be assisted by those entities in that regard. The issue of the um, consequence management, um, it's, 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 a, it's a journey again that we have started, difficult as it may be, but um, any, mis any acts of misconduct in GPW, we institute consequence management. 
and make sure that uh, there's there, there's no repetition of some of these um, acts which 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 are not actually uh, desirable within the organization. On the report of the ministerial task team, um, it's a, it's a matter that I guess the minister will talk to. However, we are aware that the review panel has started its work, and they will be submitting a report to minister once it's actually submitted. We shall be implementing the the recommendation. Um, the issue of reporting by the end of December on the progress made on, on the key financial data, 6.2.26, and it will indicate that it's still underway and a report shall be presented as soon as we're done. We've got two project plans. One is looking at the historical data capturing, meaning that the data since November 2019 to January 2021, we just thought we can't leave data to disappear into a dark hole as a government entity and not find the reasons why and also begin to rebuild. We've got the archives and we went into our own um, files and we started rebuilding the data ourselves using the source documents that are there. The second plan is forward looking so that we salvage the current year and we are actually capturing that data since February to date. So um, those, those processes are on board. We have additional resources from outside and we squeeze the resources internally to make sure that those additional resources assist us to capture this information accordingly. Um, the the, the 6.2.27, we have revised the structure and I need to indicate clearly that um, Minister has approved, the Minister of GPSA has already concurred with our structure. We're finalizing it for final minister's approval as well as a list of critical posts. So each and every GM to date has submitted their list of critical posts and we plan to fill them over the the MTF cycle, um, so that all the critical posts in GPW can be filled. Chair, if you allow me, I just want to go um, back to the issue of ICT and indicate that we had experienced the crash of our website, um, what we call the public um, server, which is called DMZ, had, had actually crashed. There was a specialized battery that affected the hard, uh, the hard disk drives, and they actually crashed. Um, it's part of our old infrastructures that have been there, and I need to indicate that we are already um, having a service provider that has been helping us to restore the network. As we speak today, the website is up, um, particularly on the Gazette. So we adopted an incremental approach in view of the fact that in the past two weeks, we got the entire website up and then it crashed again. So we thought, let us incrementally do it and start with the critical areas. So the one for the, the gazettes, all of them actually um, is up this morning and we're beginning to upload all the information. The critical issue to note is that we didn't lose any data. So all the data had been backed up and we will restore it back. Most of it is already there, but ICT is helping with operations and production just to make sure that the, the information that was not visible to the public eye is visible. I also need to indicate that during the time when the website was down, we never stopped delivering services to our customers. We actually wrote to individual customers, consulted with them, we called them, just to make sure that they are aware that their gazette shall still be emailed to them. Um, and then they were emailed and they received their services just to ensure business continuity whilst we were sorting out our website um, matters. Um, Chair, I think that's how I'm going to leave it. Um, and then I'll take uh, questions uh, as they arise. Thank you very much. And I have a team of uh, members shared before I, I conclude from GPW. 
Um, that perhaps I should also recognize, um, I should have done that at the beginning, my apologies. I've got the CFO, Mr. Ian van der Merve, who is here. Um, I've got Mr. Sifia Ngubani, who's also on the platform, uh, acting GM operations. And then I've got the, the ICT team, um, Luke Kanya, as well as Tamara. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, CEO. Um, Mr. Matons, I see here that the IEC uh, and the DG did indicate. Um, uh, I know that the IEC has to present the recommendation and also the report of the local government election at once. Can I establish some tones if they are here or how are we going to, to, to deal with this matter of uh, IEC? Chairperson, uh, uh, like I indicated last week, the IEC, they said with the report of the local government elections, they are not yet ready to, to table it. They are still busy with it. So I, I suggest that we we leave them out on the BRRR so that when they come for the LGE uh, reporting, then they will have to do as well the 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 the, the BRRR recommendations. Right. They are not here at the meeting at the moment. Okay, but their report is included here. Yeah, it's included. Like I was saying last week, where they indicated that the LGE report is not yet ready. So I think it would be better if we do it together. When they do it, they do it, the BRRR as well as the other one, this uh, LGE report. No, I understand that framework. I'm saying the department has included the report here. Okay. Okay. I know they included the report, but the eyes they are not yet yet. Okay. What we must do in future, uh, our, the advice must uh, tally with the process uh, because this report could not be included in this uh, meeting because the IEC is not here. We could have received department and government printing works. I'm just assisting so that uh, we don't mixed issues when we take advices um, and later on uh, the same matter come to the committee and we're expected to interface with it. Thank you. Members, this is a report presented by the department and then uh, the government printing works, uh, CEO and also her team. Um, they will interface with that. We're going to invite members uh, to interact with the report and after that, we'll then uh, re uh, request the DG uh, to respond, invite uh, uh, CEO4C to respond and her team, and request uh, Deputy Minister Njabulu Nzunza to comment, and the minister also to comment on, the, on this report. I'm going to invite uh, Honorable Pili, Honorable Kanile, Honorable uh, Molekwa, Honorable Ross, uh, Co-Chair Fander Merve, Honorable Tito, uh, if she has already joined us, and Honorable Tswako, uh, if he's in the meeting, um, and Honorable Lukwase. Uh, uh, those are um, members in attendance. You will advise if a veteran recorder is also uh, has joined. In that order, Honorable Pile. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. And let me also uh, congratulate Honorable Ruiz and Honorable Modise 
um, on the uh, bouncing babies. Chairperson, uh, I want to appreciate and welcome the report that was presented to us this morning. Um, and I think the first one that I want to raise, uh, and I appreciate the CEO having mentioned because this was, was really a burning issue for me this morning. Um, you know, we came to, I came to our attention that the uh, website or system had crashed in terms of GPW website. Um, and I'm glad to hear that while that may have happened, that they had still been able to, to have access to the e-gazette, in particular being able to email that. And so it did not create any disadvantage um, to end users who needed to be able to have access to it. But yeah, I think it's important if, um, if the CEO will be able to appraise us in terms of uh, some of the mitigating factors, um, in particular around risk management. Um, I must also highlight, Chairperson, that recently there has been uh, quite a number of attacks on different systems um, in, in other departments and websites around um, cyber attack in particular. Um, and I'm not saying that this was cyber attack, but perhaps the CEO can, can appraise us or, or take us into confidence about what is the plan in terms of how the department intends to prevent um, such um, from happening uh, in the future. Chair, I also want to then pick up on um, DHA in terms of the smart offices and modernization of offices. Uh, I think in particular the DG did report um, on, on this or mentioned it very briefly. However, I just think that it was more narrative. And uh, what I'd like to appreciate is if um, DHA is able to give us targets in terms of numbers and figures, uh, in terms of updating us on the number of offices that we have managed to achieve um, to, to convert to smart offices or modernize them, and also the number of offices that we intend um, short-term, medium-term, and long-term in terms of being able to, to convert them. Chairperson, I think I've also previously suggested uh, the partnership between uh, municipalities, other government departments, and Chisong centers. And I think we also you know, quite clearly mentioned the feasibility um, of, of uh, malls. Um, and, and I know that there was uh, a pilot and there's some, some offices that have been established within malls. And I think if we can be able to expand on that um, and look at the possibility of how we take that all over. The other thing is, is looking at um, uh, park homes um, as, as a feasibility. And I'm saying feasibility because it may not work in all areas. Um, Chair, then just two more things. One is, will the DHA uh, form part of the stakeholders that are being consulted um, to, benef <clears throat> sorry, to benefit from the broadband infrastructure um, upgrades um, that have been promises, promised for municipalities um, in the SONA? And, and the last one is on GPW. Uh, when is it planned to introduce the GPW security printing bill? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Pile, for your contributions. Honorable Kanyele. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson, and greetings to the Minister, the DM colleagues, and the representatives from the Department of Home Affairs and GPW. Chairperson, I'd also like to congratulate Honorable Rose and Honorable Morise on the arrival of their daughters. Um, however, I'm also having just a few questions to the Department of Home Affairs. I think when they were doing their presentation, they have indicated, I think somewhere on 6.1.2, .1 
that they're going to advertise some posts that are going to cover both civic services and immigration. And those posts are going to be finalized by the, by the end of March. The question that I have is that, uh, does those posts going to accommodate the 10,000 in, intent that were mentioned by, by the president during SONA, I think the minister as well, that they're going to hire 10,000 interns that are going to digitize the documentation. Uh, the second question that I have to the Department of Home Affairs is with regard to the appointment system. We are aware that the appointment system has been piloted to 24 offices and uh, the teachers indicated that it has been um, piloted to bigger offices. But what I'd like to find out is um, the, 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 the result that uh, this appointment system, is it giving us the, the, the desired results? Are we seeing any improvement in terms of managing the long queues? Because I've also noted in the presentation that they spoke to designated queues for various services. I know a lot of home affairs, they do have those queues. If you're coming for collections, you just have your, your own queue. But are those the interventions yielding any, any results? Um, the question that I have to the Department of, uh, no, 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 GPW. Um, CEO has mentioned that um, a disciplinary action has been taken against the officials with regard to the matter of uh, lost or missing CVs. What I'd like to know is that is the department going to criminally charge these individuals as well? Uh, secondly, the issue of the website crash. We have written a letter to the Minister of Home Affairs with regard to this because we're getting a lot and lot of complaints about um, members of the community not being able to access the website. What are, um, we, 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 we appreciate the explanation that has been given to us by, by, by the CEO. However, I'd like to indicate that in future, should they encounter such challenges, could they also just make sure that they bring these matters um, to, our, to our attention to enable us to be able to respond to members of the communities who are actually inquiring. Lastly, I'll also like to find out from the minister if he is still going to respond to, 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 to my letter, respond in, in writing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Honorable Kanyele, for your contributions. Honorable Muleko. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, let me also start by appreciating the presentation has been presented by the Department of Home Affairs and Government Printing Works. Chairperson, we also want to acknowledge the fact that the department has highlighted that there is a challenge of a budget cut uh, for the department, for the National Treasury. We also appreciate the fact that there are that's been taken to engage the National Treasury on this matter. We hope that the National uh, Treasury will respond positively so that there should not be any program that is being negatively uh, affected. The second one, Chairperson, I just want to check, especially on the issue of development that I didn't see anything from the uh, presentation uh, on the youth development. I just want to check if there is any program that intend to empower the youth, for an example, the internship, if yes, how far is the department uh, in this regard? 
On the issue of government printing works, I also want to acknowledge the fact that there is a progress registered with regard to dealing with the animosity that occurred between the management and the organized labor. We hope that in future, as a portfolio committee, we'll be able to receive a progress report in this regard. We welcome the report and also hope that the portfolio committee will receive progress report on outstanding matters, for an example, the disciplinary matters from the government printing works and the, the Department of Home Affairs. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Mulepua, for your uh, contributions. Um, uh, Honorable Rose, you must take that advice from the DG that this is a period of registration of the newborn. You will also assist us in that oversight. Honorable Rose? Well, Chair, yeah, we'll talk about that now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thank you, Chair. Uh, my, my voice is a bit, uh, my throat is a bit sore, so I uh, apologize if I splutter from time to time. Um, yeah, thank you, Chair, and, uh, and to the Minister, DG, and, and the CEO of GPW for the presentations. Um, and allow me to congratulate Honorable, Honorable uh, Madise on her daughter. Um, they say that imitation is the sincerest uh, form of flattery. Um, and in Sona, we saw the ANC copying the policies of the DA. Um, and now we have a daughter, and the ANC has, has a daughter a few days later. Um, so it's really, really impressive, Chairperson. Um, from a DHA point of view, um, you know, my, my first comment is on the refugee reception centers. Um, and it's hard to understand how they remain closed um, because our understanding from last week was that the staff are back um, at home affairs. Um, and it really, this creates a massive problem because you have, you know, um, refugees do not stop coming in because there's a pandemic. Um, and what you have now is a situation where they, they don't, they seem to be able to do something online. And there's a lot of online this and online that. It's not accessible to everybody. Um, and so you create a situation, you, you create this massive backlog. Um, and I really need to understand why these all remain closed when um, at the very least they should be partially opened. Um, because it's, you know, the only thing that one can think of is that the real reason to keep them closed is to give you a chance to catch up with the backlog. Um, so I think it's it's really urgent that those centers start to open up in some form or another. Um, the other issue, Chairperson, is if all the staff are back, um, why is citizenship by naturalization not open? I mean, it's, it's amazing that citizenship services are open. All of them are open. We have persons that have applied for citizenship via naturalization, and it's been approved in principle. And now they need to wait till kingdom come um, for, for us to go to level zero before that can be rubber stamped. Um, and so I'd just like to have an explanation on this. What, what is the science behind this? What is the reason behind this? Because there can't be tens of thousands of these people that are going to flood the home affairs offices. I mean, there should be something that can even be handled uh, administratively that you're literally finishing the process. Then the DHA, uh, you know, indicated that they will include the audit action plan progress in the quarterly reports. Um, so I just want to understand why these were not included in last week's quarterly report. Uh, that we received to the committee because we received three quarterly reports and uh, I didn't see the audit action plan progress um, in either of them. But uh, that being the case, if we can please at this point just get feedback on what are the highlights of some of the successes and the progress 
against the audit action plan. Then in terms of contingent liabilities, it's, it's really good to see um, that the bigger claims are being dealt with. Um, but most of these smaller claims, Chair, that, that, are, that really add up um, are really based on, on simple things. It's officials that fail to deliver on time um, and communicate with the client. And it forces these clients to go and uh, take home affairs to court to get uh, something that they should be able to get through a natural process. And so my question here is, uh, you know, which specific workflows have been identified by looking at all these claims um, and, and how, what processes have been optimized at Home Affairs to stop these repeat claims? Um, because it creates great business for, for uh, litigators that, uh, you know, it's like shooting a fish in a barrel because clearly the department is wrong. They, they go to court and they get the, the judgment against the department with costs. Then, Chair, in six, uh, according to 6.2.14, um, you know, it talks about all cases reported to the branch that warrant further criminal investigation are referred, or referred to SAPs. Um, how many exactly have been referred um, in this last financial year that we, we are in now? Um, and as much as you respond to re reported cases, I think we need to understand what mechanisms do you have in place to, to proactively tackle corruption? Because if, you, if you're going to wait for someone to report it, you know, people get intimidated um, even once they do report things, as we've seen in, in this committee, uh, people withdraw what they uh, stated um, out of fear for their safety. So what, what mechanisms do you have in place to proactively tackle corruption and not wait for it to be reported to you? Then I thank uh, DG McCordy for the well wishes. And I did manage to go and, uh, and try and register at a health facility. Uh, the challenge there was, you know, I, I did that a couple of years ago. I have an older son. And the last time I went there, I, I managed to do it very quickly. They had a printer there and I got the birth certificate immediately, which was quite incredible. Um, fast forward to yesterday, uh, there was no printer in the office and the, the staff member didn't seem to know that, that I as the father uh, could register the child. Um, so, you know, she was a very nice lady, very professional. Um, and she was very upset when she later found out and we confirmed that, that I as the father, you know, married father um, can do that. So I think, uh, you know, training is a bit of a concern here. And I've certainly seen it, you know, um, I think Honorable Kanyele said how many queries we deal with as, as DAMPs. Um, and often we found that officials, they, they didn't get uh, the directive that was issued or they didn't see the regulation. Um, and what this person said is that she's chased away so many fathers and she actually feels terrible about this. Um, and so, so DG, I'd really like to urge you, I think, Perhaps there's a mechanism where there's some communication that goes to an office or an office manager. I don't know if it gets through to everybody. Um, and I, I just encourage you to really look at that because I think, you know, this was a very professional um, person that you had there. Um, and she felt just terrible about, you know, when we confirmed that this is indeed the case. Okay. Then in terms of GPW, I'm, I'm wrapping up. Um, I, I think, Chair, that, you know, I don't think we really take seriously um, the lack of governance at GPW, um, and we're talking about the security printing bill now, and we're talking about consolidating all security printing at Government Printing Works. Um, and I've been through it before. I'm not going to give the list of everything that hasn't happened, annual reports, et cetera, et cetera, exam papers leaking. Um, so, you know, the, the what I don't see in the report that we have here is we asked the minister to hold the acting CEO to account. Um, so what has happened on this? I mean, we can't just say that some officials got a wrap over the knuckles or they got a letter. Um, what 
So how was the acting CEO held to account as the committee requested? And what capacitation program is in place? Because there's a clear problem. I mean, it's alarming when, when, when even if it was a disk that failed, there should be a backup. It's in any, any organization will have that basic thing in place. Um, so I, I really, need, we need to understand that uh, chairperson. Okay. And then the e-government gazette in, in my, my last question, Chair, um, it goes down quite often. This is not the first time it's been down for a number of weeks. Um, so my question in this regard is, uh, is this hosted by a service provider? Um, and, and what is the approximate annual value of that contract? And is there some sort of an SLA where they need to keep the site up? Um, and and what, are the, what are the details of that SLA? Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable uh, Ross, for your contributions. Um, Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and greetings to the colleagues, greetings to our minister, our deputy minister, our DG, and the CEO of Government Printing Works. And yes, let me also um, then congratulate our two colleagues on extending their families. Um, really, we want to say congratulations as well. Um, I want to start, Chairperson, by first of all, I think we need to um, thank the DG for the comprehensive report, and I think we need to welcome the fact that the, DA, uh, the, the department will include the audit action plan and in the quarterly reports going forward. And yes, we didn't have one um, in the last report, uh, so hopefully that, uh, as the Honourable Ruiz had mentioned, would be able to for be forwarded to us uh, soonest. Um, and I think then also with the government printing works, um, I think possibly they could do the same because uh, the CEO spoke about the fact that they now have a post-audit action plan and matrix in place um, and that they will be presenting it in our next meeting. But I think going forward, it would also be helpful if we could get on a quarterly basis um, their audit action plan reports so that we can play our oversight role in that regard. Um, and similar to that, uh, adding to that, I think we need to get a consequence management uh, report. We heard it's a work in progress, uh, but possibly we need to see without further delay a report on the consequence management and disciplinary action that they've taken against uh, individuals so far. Because I agree I, from the presentation, it doesn't seem like uh, much is happening in terms of, of, of people that have made serious transgressions. So um, I think that is very important. There is a mention about the Hawks investigating. Um, I wanted to know from the CEO whether they've indicated any timeframes in terms of when they'll be finalizing their investigation. Um, and then I welcome the uh, focus on filling the I critical IT vacancies. But again, I would like to ask the, the CEO if she could give us some timeframes um, by when these will be filled. I'm also quite worried about the refugee centers, which the Honorable Ruiz spoke to. I, I really don't understand that they would still be, um, the Cape Town one in particular, would still uh, take such a long time to be reopened in October. That's really far off, and I really don't understand what happens in the interim with people who are within Cape Town needing to do uh, an application. Um, and that really worries me, because it does seem like you are using this time to catch up on the backlog. Um, I think our report does speak to to the issue of bait bridge, um, and as much as we're saying in this report that the investigation, the um, investigation of public works, is an ongoing uh, issue, and um, 
that a lot of work is being done in terms of the Border Management Authority chairs, and the fact of the matter remains that bait preachers are really a big concern. Um, it really should keep us all up at night. Last night, um, we all watched um, a very a breaking news story of of um, some people who had attacked our police force, and unfortunately, 20 of those people. Uh, were from Zimbabwe. So really my concern in this report is we speak once, we say, we say that, you know, GPW is, is, is conducting an investigation, which is fine. We're saying we are moving in terms of establishing the BMA, but we don't have a border control yet. BMA is not fully functional or operational. So really I would just, I, I wonder in the interim, what is it that we're doing to ensure that bait breach is less of a disaster, if I can put it like that, because if you engage um, Zimbabweans who are crossing the border, uh, DG, they tell you that they pass through daily without passports. Uh, it's simply an, a case of paying a certain amount of money. You don't really need a passport. In fact, as I've said before, uh, it's preferred that you do not have a passport because then you have to pay a certain amount of money. Um, then with regards to the designated queues, um, I'm wondering whether these designated queues are being rolled out at all offices because, for example, I recently visited Balbon Barrack and there aren't designated queues. Um, and finally, with regards to the um, online appointment system, Honorable Kanila did mention it, but I think it will be helpful going forward if we could get a report to say, for example, that at the Balbal office, if you do a passport renewal, it will take you four, five, six hours. But now with the online appointment system, it takes 30 minutes, for example, so that we can see those successes. Um, and that would really be helpful going forward. Thank you very much, Chairperson. and I'll leave it there. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Fanar Merve, for your contributions. Honorable Tito. Thank you, Chair. Chair and 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 greetings to everyone who is present today. Um, I would also like to 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 congratulate uh, Honorable Mudise and Honorable Ross on their on their new arrivals. Uh, Chair, I'm just going to ask uh, two questions on the IEC. And number one is going to be what has been done with the business case analysis uh, analysis showing that the IEC should buy a new headquarters rather than rent. And the second one is in terms of 6.2.29, what are the details of the budget requested from National Treasury by the IEC for the retention and employment of, of critical permanent staff? Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Tito. We, the IEC did not present yeah, and I think we, we, we noted the apology for uh, arriving a bit late. Um, we'll hold that question. Mr. Matons, you know that question. We'll raise it when the ICE is going to present in our next uh, session. Um, uh, apology, um, Honorable Tito, for not recapping on the advice and the request from the IC that will present the BRRR recommendation report and also the uh, local government uh, um, uh, elections. So I'm just raising that the IEC are not in the in the meeting, and the report has not been presented. Um, but if you have any other question, also we can uh, come back uh, to you. Honorable Lohasa, Honorable Tuago. Honorable Lohasa. Thank you very much, Chair. Most of my questions have been 
covered. But on what Honorable Kanyila has already said, an additional question would be, does the allocation of the 10,000 intents mentioned by the president at SONA included in the additional 266 million that is allocated by National Treasury for the cost of employment. And also, Chair, the DG mentioned or indicated that the audit action plan will be included in the quarterly report. One may ask that why is it that the audit action plan was not included in the quarterly report that that we received last week, Chair. And also on the Department of Home Affairs, I would like to know what is being done by the staff that is appointed at these refugee centers until the official opening? To the GPW, I had Honorable Molekwa made mention of a, a disciplinary action report. One would have an interest, especially that we've been sitting down with GPW for so many times. One would, ni- would like to know if they have a disciplinary action report or any consequence management that have that they have at least undertaken in the past financial year. And I also have an interest in knowing that I had Ms. Fossey say, saying that the PSA is contesting the benchmarking of salaries. And she said, she may, I think she mentioned that they've received a notice of picketing. Have they ever tried to sit down and get the real facts? Why would the PSA or any trade union want to contest the the benchmarking as it might or it has a possibility of increasing their their salaries. Chair, my last question would be that what is going to happen to those employees that resigned after the investigation was done on the lost CVs? Are there going to be any steps taken against them or are they going to be left to go as they've already resigned? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, can I check if veteran record has joined or Honorable uh, Tuako? Thank you. Um, I think what we're going to do, we're going to uh, request the team to uh, respond to the issues raised. Um, Minister, just for on the highlight, uh, <clears throat> you recall that the committee visited, uh, conducted oversight at Garvin Printing Works. Though we appreciate the report uh, and the improved areas uh, that have been presented here on the issues that are related to weak governance, uh, including the IT uh, and other issues that are related, which has compelled you to appoint a task team uh, that is led by the former advisor to uh, the uh, former president Mbeki. Um, perhaps you may need to give a highlight in terms of the progress to that report. Last year, we, you did commit uh, that uh, the report will be presented by um, uh, early this year. Um, and what is the progress around that, even though it's not completed, and the implementation phases uh, that has been identified by, by the report. And secondly, is that also the issue of the that had been appointed a task team led by the former Director General uh, Lubisi? What is the progress around that? Uh, because the task team that you have appointed, they can't stay there for long uh, when the committee has made uh, uh, conducted and made recommendation 
and there are daring issues that have been identified. So we need to just uh, uh, express uh, a report progress on the, in particular, on the two testing because they're critical in terms of the work that uh, we've made observation uh, observation on. We're going to then invite the um, CEO Fossi uh, to deal with the response and your team that you have been delegated here. And then uh, we then invite the uh, the DG. I'm advised that uh, uh, DDG McKay will uh, take uh, responses and also delegate. Then we'll invite the deputy minister and the minister in that order. CEO Fossi. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson, uh, Honorable Minister, GM, members and colleagues. I'm with my team. I'm going to take some of the questions and then they will then add um, where they, uh, their respective areas uh, questions have been asked to us. Um, Honorable Pile, <clears throat> um, thanks for, for the question. From a risk perspective, indeed, we, we have been worried by the number of um, crashes in our environment. And our risk assessment has actually pointed to a number of factors. One, it was the issue of the <clears throat> old infrastructure and outdated environmentals, meaning that our data centers, our servers, our land, we realized that GPW has been in existence since 1888. And there were a number of innovation um, along the way, but we found that we're still dealing with that legacy. And for us to, to really manage the risks, we had to come up with a risk management plan and we have a risk register specifically focusing on ICT. We actually had a service provider for the past three years that has been helping us with the, uh, the risks in the ICT environment due to the technical nature so that we understand exactly what is it that needs to be done. I must say that we've made strides in addressing most of the ICT-related risks, and particularly the one on, 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 fire, on, on cybersecurity, you know, strengthening our firewalls and making sure that we create redundancies um, making sure that there's hardware on site as well as remote backup at the CSIR. You know, we, we've been trying a refreshing of our tape library. So there's a number of initiative, initiatives that we put in place just to make sure that we protect our network from um, attacks. And we've got vulnerability reports that are presented at every expo just to show how much we have mitigated some of those risks. So, and we continue to do such um, going forward. So, um, in terms of the plans to prevent such occurrences happening in future, as ESCO, we took a decision and there's a business uh, technology strategy that has, been, that has been developed by the acting CIO. In that one, we've taken a conscious decision to begin a tech, technological technology refresh exercise. And, um, and, and in that, there are a number of initiatives that we have already started. Um, Doing away with all the outdated infrastructure is one. We focus on the corporate as well as the public servers, the website being one of them, including the, the corporate one internally, all our databases, the land, increasing storage capacity, all that. We, we have consciously started a journey to make sure that we refresh our technology. And we already have service providers on board to actually help us to, to re-automate um, the e system, to replace the servers, 
and 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 we we're good to go in that regard. It's been a painful exercise, but when you adopt, you inherit an organization that is as old as that. This this are some of the painful exercises you need to go through, but also you realize that as you phase out some of the technology, you need to build capacity internally, and which is why. We have the structure that is now approved and we're filling the posts. We're on a drive to actually fill most of those posts. In ICT in particular, we had a history of service providers being um, running from applications to data centers and so forth. So we are filling those posts to make sure that we can grow our own team by and those people can be available anytime when we need them. But the most important part has been to migrate to the latest technology and make sure that um, we also have the service and maintenance agreement so that when we hit the pothole along the way, those service providers can come and immediately maintain our systems. So it is important that we do that. Honorable Kanyele, um, the issue of the, the missing CVs, um, I've indicated that I'll be writing to the National Commission, and I think based on that report, we are definitely going to be taking action against um, those who have been found to have um, aired in this regard, but we're also waiting on the outcome of the review panel a report, which is going to be presented to the minister soon, and an appropriate action will be taken, even if it means charging people criminally. Because indeed, um, even if a person jumps whilst the investigation is underway, it doesn't exonerate you from being charged criminally, uh, and we will pursue such people should the wrongdoing point towards them. Um, Honorable Molekwa, indeed, uh, we will be presenting a report on our engagements with labor as well as all the disciplinary cases. We actually have a foresight report that we present to DPSA uh, on a monthly basis uh, that demonstrates actions that we've taken and how long it takes us to resolve those cases. <clears throat> we've put a turnaround time that in terms of the disciplinary code and procedure, we're supposed to have finalized our cases by a particular turnaround time and that is being enforced, and GMHR knows that we're supposed to finalize our cases timelessly to avoid protracted investigations that are never ending. Honorable Ross, the, the issue of discipline is obviously guided by prescripts as well as the disciplinary code and procedure and the SMS handbook. So we are indeed following due processes when we institute discipline just to avoid nasty comebacks. We avoid emotional decisions as well, we make sure that we gather all the facts and once all that has been consolidated, we do follow due processes just to make sure that discipline is actually enforced within the organization. Um, the issue of the security printing bill, we, we obviously are not adopting the take it all approach, but we're focusing on state security documents and we're gonna adopt a phasing approach. Like I said, SSA has been helping us with the classification and we will phase in the first batch. Uh, as we get our, our, our back office in order through the master plan. And once we are inside the master plan, we will then increase capacity so that we're not found wanting in that regard. So it's quite a realistic plan that we, 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 we're putting in place just to make sure that we, we service the, the, the public um, pro properly without any challenges. Yes, in terms of the website, we had an, a, a, com a company uh, that has built the, the, the website as well as the e-gazette. Uh, you may have seen in the media where they actually indicated that they are no longer providing that service to us. Hence, we have adopted the tech refresh uh, approach where we are going to make sure that GPW owns the website. And as soon as we have a challenge, we can be able to recover within the shortest possible time 
without waiting for the service provider to come from outside and continue to charge us. As a self-revenue generating entity, we had to take trust decisions to make sure that we minimize on spending and most of the services can be performed by those officials that we are appointing inside so that we can grow our own timber. Um, Honorable Diesel, indeed, we will present the post-audit action plan um, on a quarterly basis as requested, uh, as well as a consequence management report, um, basically on based on the disciplinary actions that we've taken. For the Hawks investigation, I will be writing to the National Commissioner in order to fast track because, you know, those investigations have been carrying on for a while and there's a level of impatience from our side as well to finalize these cases and, and, and conclude on them. Time frame for the filling of critical posts in the ICT environment. Um, we, actually, what delayed us was the, was the finalization of the structure. Now that it has been approved, the critical posts have already been submitted by all the GMs, and we're good to go. So from 1st April, we'll be filling um, the posts on, on, we'll be embarking on a recruitment drive to fill out the critical posts. And the ones in ICT in particular, we hope to get the, the incumbents from April um, and May in particular, so that we can stabilize that environment once and for all, and they can support the tech refresh exercise that we have in place. Um, and I think the Honorable Hwasa on the disciplinary action report, as well as um, what's going to happen when the investigation is concluded, we have already responded to that. Um, in terms of labor on the issue of the picketing, I've actually already spoken to GMHR to say we need to embark on a further process and not accept the fact that there will be a picketing and, and be comfortable with that. So she was already um, scheduled an, an engagement with PSA to meet with them as the line man manager. And I said immediately thereafter, then they will be called to exco so that we can understand the actual motive. At this point in time, they are very clear that we have no jurisdiction over salary increases. So I think it's for us to say, um, what is the actual motive so that we can deal with the real issues? And should that effort not succeed, I've already escalated to minister saying that then we will report to minister to say we, these are the efforts we've put in place, but um, they still want to continue with, with the benchmarking. So we will try as much as we can to sit around the table and continue to engage with them so that we avert any, any hostility within the organization. I'm not sure, uh, Chair, I think I've, I've, I've responded to most of the questions. I'm not sure if there's anyone from GPW, Chair, through you, who would like to respond or add, but I think I've covered most of the items. Thank you, Chair. No, thanks, uh, CEO Fossi. Uh, just on the matter of the two reports of the review panel, um, task team appointed by the minister, and uh, the investigation process you have invoked uh, within the uh, entity. How do you reconcile the two? Unless the minister will come and, and, and report, because it appears, uh, unless I'm not comprehending the process, uh, but it appears we're investigating uh, the same matter, but two parallel processes. Um, maybe the minister, when he comes in, but I'm interested on how we're going to uh, uh, reconcile uh, recommendations that are arising from the uh, 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 the reports. Um, I'm just following up on the matter uh, Honorable Lohas has raised in terms of the uh, issues that are on the table. If you want to take it up, you, I think you, you need to impress on that, and the minister will also assist to, to deal with that, just on that matter. See you, Fosin. 
Chair, let me respectively allow the minister to talk to that issue when he takes the podium. Thank you. Okay. Any member of the, the government printing works, uh, CEO Fosse, who want to comment? Okay, thank you. Uh, DG? DDG McKay? Uh, good good morning, uh, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members, Honorable Minister and Deputy Minister. Um, I will just farm out the, the questions that have been asked. Uh, Honorable Pillay, uh, Mr. Sigama, if you can just deal with the issues asked by Honorable Pillay on the smart offices, uh, the targets or the data that we have on them in terms of the establishment our partnership with municipalities, and also uh, the CIO, if you could deal with the issue around whether the Home Affairs is part of the stakeholders for the brand broad, broadband um, rollout. Um, DDG Sefania, uh, Molifi Sefania, so acting DDG HR, if you could deal with the issues around the advertisement of posts and whether it will accommodate the recruitment of interns by Honorable Kanile. And Thomas, if you could deal with the uh, DDG Sigama, deal with the whether the appointment system is yielding the uh, desirable results. Uh, and the CIO, if you could deal with the uh, website crash and the, the reasons around the website crash and how do we, how do we um, uh, avert this in future. Uh, the CFO, if you could deal with the uh, Honorable Molekwa's question on the budget cuts, uh, Honorable Ruiz's uh, uh, question on the contingent liability in terms of specific workflows that have been identified to reduce contingent liability, as well as the audit action plan, uh, why it was not part of the quarterly report, and also to give highlights and progress on or with regard to the uh, to the to the uh, audit action action plan, uh, DDG Muitza, if we can look at the issues around uh, uh, criminal investigations, how many have been referred uh, to the SEPs and uh, the Hawks, and how do we proactively deal uh, with corruption? I think those were the issues that were asked by uh, by Honorable Ruiz and uh, Thomas DDG uh, Sigama, just the issue around why citizenship by naturalization is not open yet. Um, Honorable Fandamerva asked uh, issues around the uh, what do are we doing in the interim uh, whilst we are establishing the BMA. Commissioner Masiapato, if you could just uh, respond to this as well as to, in particular, how are we how are we managing the northern border with uh, with uh, Zimbabwe and at at Bite Bridge and DDG um, Sigama, uh, if you can deal with the issues around whether designated queues are being rolled out at all at all offices. Um, I think the questions that are asked by by Honorable Lehuasi will also be responded to uh, by the CFO. 
uh, with regard to related questions that were asked by by Honorable Van der Merwe and Honorable Ruiz. Chairperson, uh, allow me just to deal with the issues around the uh, refugee centers. A question asked by Honorable Lahuasi. Uh, we reported last week, Honorable Lahuasi, that uh, the staff that we have at our current, at the refugee centers currently are reporting for duty and they are working and assisting the uh, Refugee Appeals Authority of South Africa and the Standing Committee on Refugee Affairs to prepare files to deal with the backlogs in that particular area. They are also dealing with online renewals of, uh, of, of refugee and asylum status, and they issue IDs and passports uh, to those applicants uh, that have applied for refugee IDs and refugee and refugee passports. So they are at work. Uh, with regard to the opening of the of the Cape Town Refugee Reception Office, uh, oh, Honorable Van der Merwe, you will recall that this office was closed even before lockdown. It was a court order that ordered the closure of the Cape Town Refugee Office because the office at the time was seen as a nuisance factor by, by other offices, by other businesses in the same vicinity. And we were then forced to Department of Home Affairs, you are disrupting each other. Can you report? And Adams, you are disrupting the chair when he's calling order on the minister who is disrupting the DDG. Proceed, uh, DDG McKay. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Uh, so the Cape Town office was closed, and we then had to go and look for other premises from which to operate from. And we needed to do uh, a due diligence in terms of, or, or not due diligence, make sure that the office that we are going to get uh, uh, now would not be in an area where we would have other businesses that would be affected by the high numbers of refugees or asylum seekers that visit those offices. And uh, the, the uh, government public works has been in the process of, uh, of, of, of uh, getting such a site for us. They have identified one now, as the DG has reported, uh, in Epping in Cape Town. And uh, we are waiting for the contractual issues to be finalized by, uh, by the government uh, 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 public works or a government public works so that uh, we are able to uh, start uh, um, uh, erecting or start building or, uh, yeah, let's say, establishing the, the Cape Town Refugee Office. That is why... It's taking us to October 2022 for that establishment. Uh, but we are reporting regularly to uh, the designated judge dealing with this matter, uh, Justice DeVette, in terms of uh, we're giving him monthly reports in terms of progress on the opening of this, uh, this particular, uh, particular refugee reception offices. We are also planning to... Uh, to move to the reopening of the of the of the of the uh, current or the other refugee reception offices 
probably somewhere in in, in May. Um, uh, we are still having discussions around that particular matter, uh, but uh, we will be opening uh, in the next month or two months, um, uh, should that be uh, confirmed. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. And I'll hand over to my colleagues uh, to deal with the questions as I have allocated them. Maybe to start with you, CFO, on the audit issues. Okay, thanks. Just a caution that in last week's presentation dealt with some of the issues which have been raised for responses sufficiently. I think your team may need to pick up issues that were not sufficiently dealt with, which members have raised, so that we 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 don't spend another two hours on the responses. I know that. In the last meeting, when you were presenting your um, uh, quarter reports, there were some of the issues that were sufficiently de de dealt with. Just go to the specific on the issues that members have, have raised. Uh, thank you. Um, we'll move with that line, uh, Mr. DDG Civic. Uh, thanks very much, Chairperson. Uh, good morning, Honorable Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister, and members of Parliament. I will start with the first one on the expansion of our um, modernized offices. Chairperson, as you are aware, we, we, the department has got 412 offices. So they, we started modernizing our, our, our offices since 2013, where we had about 27 uh, offices that were planned. As we speak right now, we are sitting at uh, 197 offices that are currently modernized. However, we experience challenges in terms of uh, uh, space, wherein the remaining offices were found to be very small, where we found that they are not able to cater for our workflow processes. Then the decision was for us to then explore further and look at alternatives, alternative methods that could be used uh, to then uh, house the, the, the life capture system. So indeed, as Honorable Play indicated, we started looking at the use of malls, where we started engaging uh, owners of those malls, and some of them uh, has given us space so that we can start uh, operating in that area. For example, in Mainland, we've already viewed the space, and we are now uh, going uh, to move forward in terms of installing the system. We have also used the banks, as you are aware, Chairperson, and we will continue to work with them. And once the agreements are signed, we'll then uh, make sure that indeed we roll out uh, to those banks, uh, approved banks, as soon as possible. We, are, we have also procured uh, 10 ad additional mobiles, which we hope to have to receive them by the end of this financial year. And that will also assist in expanding our footprint going forward. This is due to the fact that uh, when you look at the brick and matter infrastructure that we are having, most of them are very small and are not able to house our left capture system that has just been introduced. Then moving forward to the second question, Chairperson and Honorable Minister, there was a question around uh, the appointment system, whether it is yielding results or not. Yes, I must indicate it's too early, um, a Chairperson and Minister, to really uh, make that assessment, but we've already distributed uh, the, 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 the system to all pilot sites. Uh, suffice to say, uh, most of the areas where we have been piloting, we have seen significant results. 
for example, in Byron, in, in our Acacia, although the, 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 the long queues continue to really inundate us, we, we have seen that uh, most of the clients are really interested in using the booking system. What we are trying to do is to make sure that we communicate and also make sure that we implement change management practices within our staff members to start familiarize themselves on the use of the of the of the uh, uh, pilot of, of this of, of this uh, booking system that we have just introduced. So the next one was a question raised by Honourable Ruas uh, around citizenship by naturalization. Uh, Chairperson and honourable members, indeed, we 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 have open for naturalization and uh, all categories of citizenship now are open. Immediately after we received the announcement uh, to extend to adjusted alert level one, there was a circular that was issued to all offices. And indeed, uh, citizenship is a category that has now been included in our suite of services for our branch civic services. So all clients are allowed to visit us to apply and those that qualify will then be adjudicated and a naturalization certificate will then be awarded to those clients who have applied. Then we also take note of what Honorable Ross has indicated to say that we, the issue of fathers registering kids needs to be communicated. We have done that before, but we'll reiterate and make sure that with our Learning Academy colleagues, then they will have to make sure that we go back again and retrain our people as we've got an annual training program that goes to all offices and, and make sure that in case there are areas where they require assistance, then our Learning Academy is ready uh, to assist them. I think those are the questions that were sent to, to my site. And thanks so much, Jefferson. Thank you, uh, Mr. Sikama, uh, CIO. Thank you, Chair. Good morning, uh, Honorable Minister, Honorable Deputy Minister, and Honorable Members. Yes, uh, Honorable Pillay, uh, DHA will be one of the stakeholders on the broadband upgrade. So we're looking forward to consultations with those who are arranging, as this is the most important critical success factor for home affairs, uh, IS, uh, information systems operations. And in relation to the website crash, uh, Ms. Fossey has answered that this was in, uh, this happened at the GPW, uh, but we are also uh, tracking uh, what's happening there with interest because what happens in one government department uh, serves as a, a learning uh, for other government departments. And we have one of our members seconded there. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Antlantla. HR. Thank you, Chairperson, and then good morning to honorable members, the honorable minister and honorable deputy minister. The response to, to the question that has been asked by honorable Kanyele that um, will the post be advertised simultaneously with those that will be advertised in the department and that should be running in March 2020, the answer is yes. However, they'll be following a different process altogether. And, and this is what we have presented to Minister and Deputy Minister in the project plan that we have submitted. The timelines are the same, however, different processes. The, the, the other question that was raised by Honorable Molegua in terms of in relation to youth development. Yes, Honorable Member, we do have a youth development program. However, we, we do not have a dedicated funding for it in the department. 
we are partnering with different sectors, uh, the public service sector, education and training authority, as well as the safety and security sector, education and training. So what happens here is that we apply for a discretionary grant. Once allocated, we then advertise for either internship programs or, or for a cadet program. But we also continue to partner and collaborate with the TVET colleges for them to you know, assign their learners who may need experiential learning or, or rather exposure in terms of whatever that they might have studied, we do afford that kind of an opportunity to them you know, to host however they will continue to pay the stipend for those, for those um, learners. The last part that has been asked in relation to the, to the funding, I will, I will rely on the CFO to respond to it. Um, that, that was talking about the, the funding that has been allocated through the capacitation of the, of the department, whether that includes the 10,000, I think CFO will respond to that appropriately. Thank you so much. Okay. Are you still on the platform, Ms. Fanyeso? No, Chairperson, I've said thank you very much. Uh, the oh, the okay. funding one will be responded to by the CFO. Thank you. Okay. 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 Thank you, Ms. Fanyeso. CFO? Chairperson, thank you very much. And good morning to the Minister, the Deputy Minister, and Honourable Members. Um, Chairperson, if you allow me, let me start with the issue of funding um, of these posts. I'm glad to report, Chairperson, that National Treasury has been sympathetic to our cause and has funded our business case for capacitation, in particular in the civics, um, immigration, and IT environments. Chairperson, um, that funding is 266 mil, effective 1st of April, and that will allow us to fill about 758 posts. Um, Chairperson, the 10,000 interns is not covered by the business case. Um, separate funding will be provided for that business case. My understanding is that that comes through the presidency and not um, uh, and, and it was not part of our allocation. Chairperson, the second issue was the issue about the audit action plan and um, the progress made with that. Um, the highlights of the current audit action plan, Chairperson, is that we have 184 actions. Of those 184 actions, 96 are already completed, 77 are work in progress to be completed by the end of March. So, Chairperson, I'm getting very good support and cooperation from my colleagues. There has been a dedicated resource allocated to the IT environment to support them with the audit action plan and reporting. Internal audit has also done what is called a validation of the audit action plan. In other words, they have checked whether this plan we prepared as management meets the criteria of the SMART criteria and that it's actually implementable and will address the root causes. Chairperson, the audit action plan will be shared with uh, the portfolio committee. I can do it immediately after this meeting, but um, there's also an engagement with our audit committee this coming Thursday on the audit action plan. So perhaps I will wait until audit committee has also given their input on, on the plan before I submit this to the portfolio committee. So, Chairperson, my commitment is that the audit action plan and the report thereon will be submitted with a quarterly reports going forward. Um, Chairperson, then the, the last issue is just the contingent liabilities issue. 
Um, Chairperson, I did, we did report there that uh, we won those two cases and that had a significant, um, de- uh, that resulted in a significant decrease of our contingent liabilities. In respect of the small cases, we shooting in the barrel cases, Chairperson, we report a contingent liability when summons is issued uh, to the department. Um, now, most of these applicants or the, most of these guys that sued the department never take the action any further than just issuing us with summons. That process to clear the contingent li- liability register of old cases involves us working closely with the Office of the Chief State, uh, with the OCP, um, the Chief Litigation Officer, the um, SG, sorry, Chair, I forgot the, the Solicitor General. Um, as well as the offices of the various state attorneys. That process is going to be a longer-term process, Chair. We will not be able to immediately clean out our contingent liability uh, register with all the small cases where there was no action for some time. Chairperson, I thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'm sure the minister will assist the, the department to deal with the issue of uh, that was pronounced in the sauna by the president. Um, I'm not sure whether you've accurately dealt with that matter, uh, CFO Olambe, but thank you for, for, for the responses. Um, on our list, Commissioner Masiapata. Good morning, uh, uh, Chairperson, uh, Minister, and uh, other honourable members uh, uh, present. Um, <clears throat> Chairperson, uh, Commissioner Masiapata is uh, attending another session today. I'm Deputy Commissioner uh, Shilembe for Operations, and uh, I'll take over the, the uh, process that, that he was supposed to answer on, uh, Chairperson. Can I continue? Am I allowed, uh, Chairperson? No, no, thanks. Yes, uh, uh, Deputy Commissioner Chilembe, uh, thanks very much. I did not notice that you have also joined us. You can continue, Deputy Commissioner. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, <clears throat> the, the question um, that has been raised uh, uh, to us is about how are we managing the, the Zimbabwe issue on, on, on paid bridge. Chairperson, <clears throat> we are aware of the challenges that, that are happening at um, at Bite Bridge. However, we, we're dealing with, with this issue in, in twofold. First, it's, um, is that uh, is the development of the, the BMA itself. Uh, we are going through the processes of uh, how are we going to uh, develop the, the BMA, following what the, the, the Act says in terms of Section 97 proclamation and also on the implementation uh, uh, pro- uh, protocols. The reason why I'm, I'm raising this is that uh, Jefferson uh, the plan is that after we have dealt with the two, the plan is that by the 1st April this year, all those government departments that are charged with border control will then be seated in, into the BMA, but on a secondment uh, pr- um, uh, pr- uh, process. So from, from uh, April, 1st of April, will then be fully in charge of all the, those um, government departments that are working in that environment. The, the second part that, that how we do we deal with this, this issue currently is that uh, we are still using the multi-party agreement um, uh, process um, where we, we are the, the, the lead agency with regards to uh, making sure that uh, all the government departments work together in, the, in this um, uh, space. 
Um, an, an example of this is that uh, what we have done now during the, the festive season, uh, where we, we, we were able to deal with all the issues that, that relates to uh, the challenges that, that relates to um, uh, Bait Bridge, whereby we, we have involved our counterpart uh, from the Zimbabwean side in, in dealing with, with this issue with them. And also we have involved the, uh, the province, uh, the provincial office of Limpopo, uh, dealing with the issues of the corridor, because most of the challenges that are happening at Bait Bridge are caused by the, those processes that what happens outside the, the, the border post and what what happens out, uh, on on the on the other side of the of the border post? So we have involved all the role players, the, the defense. Uh, we're working with us, dealing with all of those issues that that are happening outside the perimeter of the port of entry, and we have involved the province in dealing with all the issues that that are in the corridor that causes the the, the traffic congestions, uh, the issues of people that are being marked there by the criminals and, and all those issues. So that, that is the, the process that, that we, we, we are following. Um, as we speak, uh, Chairperson, uh, yesterday we have just um, uh, <clears throat> advertised uh, 182 posts for the border guards that will be uh, um, uh, put there uh, by, by April and also 13 team um, members that will be working with the border guards and five group commanders that will be in charge of, of the, those border guards. That is uh, uh, summarily what I can say now, Chairperson. Uh, Thank you. Colleagues, Mr. Shabani requested to be excused for just two minutes and requested that Ms. Muiti may come in. He'll be joining us very soon. He has a bit of a problem. Ms. Mitty, and thank you, Deputy Commissioner. Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning, Minister, Honorable Minister, um, Deputy Minister, and Honorable Members of the Committee. Um, on our question, our, the, the, the strategy for, for our counter-corruption is centered around four pillars, which are prevention, um, analysis, uh, detection, investigations, and resolution. In the prevention space, we conduct uh, internal, we conduct awareness for our internal and external holders. We've got security vetting where we are we vetting our personnel to determine their security competence. We conduct process reviews to detect or identify loophole within our system and processes with a view of uh, preventing corruption. We've got investigations of reported cases uh, these cases, we deal with them jointly with law enforcement. We've got joint projects that we, 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 we're working on with the police. And uh, for, the, for the past financial year, we had 13 cases that were reported to the South African Police Services mainly. They were for passport photo swaps, for permits, for IDs. And in these ones, we also had joint operations where uh, arrests were undertaken for the cases that were referred to the South African Police Services. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Moisi, for that uh, response, and Deputy Commissioner uh, Chilembe. Thanks, uh, Honorable Lekwase. We're going to invite Deputy Minister to, or DG, DDG Mackay. Is there any other thing? Um, no, Honorable Chairperson, that's all from uh, us uh, as a response. Okay, thank you, DDJ uh, uh, Mackay and your team. Uh, Deputy Minister Njabulo, Nzunza. No, thank you very much, uh, Chair. Just a few issues from my side, just to enhance on some of the clarities. 
I think around the issue that was asked around the capacity for staff is that uh, we'll remember that sometime last year we carried out a program which was professionalization of home affairs, which was part of our training to staff to make sure that we increase uh, their capacity and their abilities. So we'll continue to, to do that. And uh, the issue of the backlog project, I think we must uh, separate them because you will remember that there is a project that we are running to deal with the backlog on refugees, which we are running with the UNHCR. And that is very important because it deals with the historic backlogs up until uh, today. The issue, the last issue uh, I would like to clarify, uh, Chair, is that you will remember that we have uh, long been coming here to the portfolio committee. Uh, dealing with the issue of our capacity in terms of staff numbers. And we have always said the issue of the cap is giving us a problem in terms of us hiring more staff. So the issue of the 200 and odd something million then deals directly with that problem, which means we are now going to be able to hire the staff that we need to increase the capacity of the department, which is then separate from the issue of the 10,000 which I think probably the minister will deal with that in more uh, uh, detail. The issue of public works, I, I, I really think that we should let uh, public works take responsibility for what they did because all of that procurement for the issue of defense was a public works-centered uh, uh, arrangement, which we really as a Department of Home Affairs much to do with it and participation in it. So I really think we just need to put a bit of pressure on public works to conclude that investigation. But all in all, the expenditure is sitting on their books. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister, for your uh, comment. Minister? Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you for the opportunity. I think a lot of questions have been answered, but I really need to clarify some of them. On the first question by Honorable Pile, oh, let me start uh, from the beginning, Chairperson. I was studying the middle. From the beginning, I also wish to congratulate uh, Honorable Lewis and Honorable Mujise for the new arrivals. Should I have known uh, about these new arrivals, uh, I will have taken the honor, either myself or the DM to be the one who issued the birth certificates for those babies because you are honorable members of this house. Unfortunately, we were denied that opportunity. We hope award will come in future. But <laughs> once more, congratulations for the new arrivals. Uh, Chairperson, the question, the first, uh, I want to answer the first question by Honorable Pili. Uh, you know, whether we are going to be part of this uh, uh, Connect Africa or South Africa, sorry, not Connect Africa, SA Connect, SA Connect. This broad uh, announcement which was made by President, which has been endorsed by the cabinet just a few days before the president announcement, is a very important issue for home affairs. I did have a special discussion with the Minister of Telecommunication and Technology. And, and we are in broad agreement that the department that is going to gain the most is home affairs more than any other uh, department in the country. Because that connectivity is to connect hospitals, police stations, schools, uh, municipalities, 
and home affairs of all, all, all state institutions. And the minister has promised me, because I asked him specifically, for instance, on the issue of long queues, he said part of the problem that home affairs is experiencing, which I suspect some of you members have met, is that you get into a home affairs office, you find people at work, but the queue not moving, uh, but they are working very hard. When you go to the computer, you find that it can only manage four people per hour because of the broadband. The broadband is very thin. And, and no matter how you wait, you wait there impatiently, uh, the computer doesn't move. That's the problem that Home Affairs is faced with. And the minister promised me that uh, because this project is going to take place over, if I'm not mistaken, two years, but that wherever they've passed, the broadband will be broad enough to accommodate even high volume uh, 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 departments like Home Affairs. Because chairperson, why I'm saying we're going to gain more than any other. Remember that some departments can still go ahead without these issues of broadband. I mean, I've been working in many departments. I know how work is going on there. There's no chance of teachers not teaching at schools or, or police not arresting people and charging them or, or, or hospitals not seeing patients because something happens on the broadband. But in home affairs, that's our core function. So we are eagerly waiting for this process and, and yet we are going to be the biggest beneficiaries. Uh, the second question, Honorable Kanyele, yes. Uh, Honorable Chairperson, you were right uh, 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 when you said maybe you didn't understand it very well from the CFO. The, the issue of uh, the 266 million to capacity the department and the intents, uh, I mean, sorry, and the, the 10,000 uh, uh, unemployed young people who are going to digitize our record, these are completely two different programs. Even though we prepared them and presented them, they were dealt differently by the presidency and treasury. The presidency, the reason that these 10,000 young people was announced by the president is because it is part of the presidential uh, uh, youth employment program, the presidential youth employment program, which is driven by Dr. Hossein Soramohoba in the presidency in terms of other employment projects like uh, uh, infrastructure, et cetera. This is where that money will come from. And it's going to be, it's not going to be little money, uh, uh, chairperson. So there was no way Treasury will cover it with it with this uh, uh, 266 million. It's a, it's a project that needs billions, not, not just 266 million. The 266 million is separate. It is part of our what has been given to us as our budget, but specifically. Uh, uh, to increase capacity. And as we said, that capacity in civics and immigration, that is where we're going to concentrate. Uh, Chairperson, uh, Honorable uh, 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 Kanile again uh, mentioned this issue of a crash of the website, which the CEO so ably outlined, but she has asked me with, whether I'll write a, a report, a letter to her officially. Honorable Kanile, you issued a statement about this issue on the 17th of February. Then you wrote a letter to me yesterday. I did my files, my work, until 11 o'clock last night. That's when I found your letter uh, last night. And yes, it will be responded to in writing. That's what we, always, we usually do when people write to us. Uh, but uh, uh, I only saw it last night, and I will definitely respond for writing in it. I mean, uh, in writing. Uh, 
the, the issue of refugee reception centers why they remain closed. Colleagues, I I, I think Mr. McKay has asked this, I mean, responded to this question, but I would like to put perspective to this, Chairperson, because it comes again and again and again, and I'm learning today that it looks like there is a suspicion that we just closed the refugee reception centers because we have got the backlog. Uh, we, we did not do it because of that reason. Everybody knows what happened around the whole world about the issue of COVID-19 and how what happened with the disaster. I'm, I'm very surprised. Quite a number of countries closed their borders, but there is a belief that for somehow South Africa must be isolated in opening everything, including the refugee reception centers. As I'm speaking now, Zimbabwe has not even officially opened its borders since they closed them down during their lockdown. They, uh, 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 they, they, they haven't communicated to us in any official way that uh, their borders are open. So I'm just surprised. Why is South Africa being put under pressure about this issue of refugee reception centers when all other countries are doing exactly what you are doing as a protection against measures against COVID? Some of them are even much more you know, stringent than we are in South Africa. Uh, but I can assure you, we did not lose anything because uh, we are dealing with the backlog. We launched a program with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, as you know, uh, last year in February, where we were given 143 million rand to capacitate the work of dealing with the backlog we have done so by increasing the number of lawyers in the ARA, ARA, I mean, in RASA, Refugee Appeals Authority. From five, we increased them by 36 lawyers who are doing the work. Some of the lawyers who are helping them there, at least one of them, has worked for the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugee in Geneva and, and understand the processes. That's what we are dealing with them. Three weeks ago, uh, uh, or maybe even a month, I had a, a whole day meeting with the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugee, the Deputy Commissioner responsible for protection. Uh, 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 we discussed this issue and we agreed that we'll extend it even to people who are not appealing, but who are applying for the first time by training them and, and being incapacitating them and having more funding from the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugee. That's how we are dealing with the backlog. We are not dealing with it by closing the refugee reception centers. And I'm sure the one in Cape Town, you have also been outlined how the legal system is involved in that. It's in the hands of judges already because we are not the ones who closed that reception center. It was closed in court long before the issue of COVID. And so the process of reopening, it is still also going on in court. Uh, the issue of contingent liability, uh, Chairperson, uh, you may remember uh, uh, yourself specifically and Honorable Ruas, because these are the two members I can remember. If, if I forgot the others, please forgive me. But the two members I remember, Honorable Chaval and Honorable Ruas, who accompanied the then Chairperson of the Portfolio Committee, uh, 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 Advocate Bongo, to the Department of Home Affairs to look into the legal unit and, and, and as part of that issues of constant liability. I want to remind you that one of the things we found was that some of the constant liability has been there for many years because what was happening was that the people sue us and many, I mean, litigate against us 
Many of us believe you me they're taking chances, even in health, it was like that, because they know that the state attorney's office, where they load some of these documents, will not move. And you will find yourself uh, having been judged in court, maybe even in absentia. That is still happening. You are aware that the Department of Justice tried to resolve that issue by opening a new office of the Solicitor General. I'm not yet as convinced that that office is, is, is saving the process because we still have cases where uh, 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 we, we do not, we are not served with papers. You don't even know that you have been served or you don't even know that you are in contempt of court because the docu documents are in the state attorney's office. And, and these litigators know that very well. They just deliberately avoid the department and go to the state attorney's office or anywhere in the country and lodge their papers, knowing very well that nobody will notice. So one of the things that was happening with contingent liability is that somebody takes a chance, like a gentleman who was suing us for 400 million for, for delaying his documents when he came back. He's a doctor who went to work in Canada. He said when he came back, we delayed issuing him necessary documents and he lost 400 million in practice. Some of us have been in private practice. We know that's madness. But what you do is when you respond in writing to the court, they just pull back and keep quiet. Now, the weakness in the legal unit was that they don't chase those cases. Like these two cases that the, the DG has reported about, we move them very hard in court and say, let this case sit. Either we lose or we Recording in progress. Very good lady who served Joyo. Congratulations because we don't usually get our office, our front office people being praised. I'm happy that you found such a person, uh, but that she didn't know about this issue of, of fathers. It's, it's a new thing. Remember the, 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 the mainstay of giving best certificates in home affairs was the mother. And uh, uh, whether we look at that with shame or not, but that's how home affairs has been working over ages, over the, the decades, that we want your mother, we want to know your mother and, and not fathers. And, and the reasons were very obvious, that it's difficult to prove who, who somebody's father is, uh, uh, rather than proving who their mother is. Or sometimes we don't even end up knowing who the father is in some cases. Uh, and so the, the mainstay of home affairs officials was about mothers, but that has changed, but it's quite recent. Remember, there was a court case about this, that fathers have got the right to come and, and register their babies without even mothers participating. So many of our officials, it will take some time, but as Mr. Gama has said, we'll train them. It will take them time to get used to the idea that a father can also have that right. And, and I'm not trying to defend it, but I'm just saying it's something they've been practicing over decades. Uh, uh, it's, it's a long practice, but uh, it will soon change. Uh, now, Honorable Ruos, this issue of 18 CEO being taken to account all the time, I think it arises every time we come to the Portfolio Committee. 
that uh, uh, the CEO is not acting, by the way, is now a CEO. And after appointment, I wish to remind you that you, you complain that we should have charged it instead of appointing it. It comes all the time. It's nothing new. I want to assure you that the report, which I'm going to talk about when I answer Honorable Chaban, will deal with this matter. Uh, let me just leave it there. But I am not inclined to go and charge anybody uh, when I've not been given any facts of what they are guilty of. But I do charge people and suspend them. You, you can come to the Department of Home Affairs. We'll give you a list of all the senior people who charge. So I'm not, uh, I'm not scared of charging people and suspending them. But I don't just do it willy-nilly uh, uh, because some people feel like I need to do it. No. Uh, the question uh, of Honorable uh, Lizelle van der Merva, I think, has been answered about the interim, uh, in the meantime, about the border uh, uh, management authority. I think that was very adequate. Uh, the, the, the issue of PSA, honorable members, you were there twice. You saw how the workers act, even in front of you, and making as if somebody is not doing their work there. I have met PSA many times. Even after you were there, Honorable Chawan, I met them many times. They come with very wild allegations all the time. And one responds to them. We even respond to them in writing. My last meeting with them was not even PSA, uh, 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 which, which, which is at Government Printing Works. They called their ex national executive member who came there to lead the delegation. And I gave them answers in front of him. And every time you give an answer, they come with something else. I mean, like, which worker in the world does not know that the Minister of Home Affairs and the CEO of Government Printing Works don't determine salaries? These salaries are determined centrally in negotiating chambers. And, and, and they've been explained to. This problem about them demanding that their salaries be increased was that they were promised by one of the former acting CEOs and she was promised them something on which she has got no power at all because no CEO can promise salaries. I don't know, maybe in a meeting where they usually put uh, uh, senior people under pressure, <coughs> whether she succumbed to pressure and promised them uh, that their salaries will be increased. But they were informed in many meetings that that is not possible, that the promise that was given, the person who promised them doesn't have the legal authority to promise such a thing. It's not possible in South Africa. But they keep on demanding it. Now that I call complete unreasonableness. Uh, the question, very important question of uh, Honorable Lawasi, I'll combine it with uh, the, uh, the, the remarks made by Honorable Chabani, that uh, there are people who resigned before uh, the committee. You are aware that I've set up a committee. And I reported to this, uh, I've set up a tribunal, I mean to say, and I've reported to this committee, a tribunal that was chaired by advocate uh, uh, Mujang Gumbi, yes, the former advisor to President Tabombeki, who later on could no longer chair uh, the meeting, uh, I mean the tribunal, because she was called on to be in the committee that dealt with uh, 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 July unrest. But she remained a member of the committee and gave over the chairing to Mr. Malabi, a former magistrate, now, I want to assure you, honorable members, that report will be out in 12 days' time. The 
reason that the report is not yet out is, is that I, I had sight of that report. It was very, very complex, especially the IT part. The, the, the most important part of this committee, which we asked them to do, is IT. You are complaining continuously of ICT in government printing works. I said they must put all their forces on ICT. What is going on in ICT? Are these accidents happening there? Or are these processes, I mean, problem of negligence? Or is it commission or omission done deliberately by particular individuals? I said they must answer those questions. And I can show you in 12 days' time, they will answer them and I will ask Mr. Malali, who is now chairing on behalf of Advocate Umbi, to come to you and present the report themselves. You are not going to get it from me. But about people who resigned, yes, I want to confirm that uh, they interviewed lots and lots of people, including the past 18 CEOs. They were all there, they were interviewed. They've got a wealth of information from them. And yes, I can confirm today that one of the main people who is the the person in charge of, of ICT in government printing works, two days after he was interviewed by the committee, handed in resignation and is gone. We don't know what the, the committee is going to say in 12 days' time when they give the report about people who resigned and, and, and left, because it looks like it's not the only one. But I believe the law, the law does, that, 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 does provide for that. Now, Honorable Chabani talked about uh, parallel processes. I just want to remind Honorable Chairperson that when you came to government printing works, this acting CEO then, because you are still acting, informed you uh, 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 that was given over this uh, stolen, this, this issue of stolen CVs to the Hawks, and you are waiting for them. The committee said no, but government printing works must not fold their arms. They must also do their own internal investigation and take people to DC if it's necessary. That's exactly what they've done. But the report from the Hawks, I'm also eagerly waiting for them. But they were carrying your instruction by going on to investigate and charge people by this. If then there's any criminality, the Hawks will still take uh, up issues, regardless of what uh, the sanction was on the on the on the DC process. But they had to do that DC process because the committee advised them to, or instructed them to do so. So we are, we are waiting. They, they report about uh, the chaired by Honorable Lubisi. Unfortunately, Honorable Lubisi has taken up by very serious health issues. And uh, that one is still outstanding, but I'm promising the government printing works one in 12 days time, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Minister, um, Deputy Minister. The Director General Matode and your team uh, for sufficiently responding to the issues that members raised. We take note of the improvements, uh, Minister, um, that are presented by the department, including uh, a government uh, printing works. We're going to minister on the issues that are outstanding, including the report that you have just uh, reflected on um, of uh, 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 at the level of government printing works. Pay attention to that uh, uh, report. We'll specifically itemize government printing works. Uh, the CEO and your team will come back to the committee with uh, uh, the team that will be presenting on the report 
that have identified some of the issues uh, that are there. We want to pay attention to recommendations that uh, the committee have been making, um, decided on the, that must be implemented. And we want to appreciate the good work, the minister, that have been carried. We can um, assess or observe some of the improvements within the decision that have been taken. You must, minister, carry the message of the, uh, the committee through uh, Honorable Ross to the uh, frontline workers. And I'm sure that uh, all workers uh, are working hard in order to serve our people. In our last year, there was appreciation of uh, uh, DDG Sigama and the team for the responses that are, have been given by the community. We know that uh, when there's uh, issues that are raised by members of parliament, uh, not only a Home Affairs Portfolio Committee, your team at the department, um, to the extent of uh, responding on the issues that uh, are being raised, complaints from the society, and want to take that appreciation. We're going to uh, make sure that all the issues that Chairperson. Yes, I will. I will Sorry, Chairperson. Just a just a point of order. I thought you might actually call the minister out on it. Chairperson, the issue of of holding the acting CEO at the time, as as it is stated in our report, to account was a committee decision. That wasn't a it wasn't a DA decision or the decision of one person. Uh, it was a decision by this committee to hold the acting sure. CEO to account. I'm and I asked I'm what had happened. So it's it's I'm incorrect sure. to to state I'm sure that. I'm Honorable Ross, I'm sure you're aware that you're disrupting the chairperson. Chairperson, it's a point of order. No, the chairperson is not out of order. It's, it's a point of order. To who? Because the chairperson is making a summary on the issues uh, that have followed discussion, including the matter you're raising. I have not concluded the remark. Yeah, so the point of order is to say that you should have held into account on that, Chair. I mean, it's, it's a committee resolution and it hasn't been responded to. What, and then no, if no, the, no, the no, minister keeps getting no. away with it, what, what happens is the committee makes a recommendation. No, no. no, no. And then, they, then no, no. it's matter to decide and it doesn't get dealt with, Chair. No, no, no. I, I will not allow the, 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 the meeting to degenerate. That I won't allow. I will not appreciate it because we are, we are making... May I, may, may I be recognized, please? Hold, hold on, hold on, Honorable Kanyin. Hold on. Just hold on. I'm saying that I have not concluded my remark on the matters. And you can't raise the point of order on the chair when I have not concluded the remark. You could have raised the point of order when the minister was responding. Because it's a minister who I think in terms of assessment, he was out of order on the matter. That is a procedural how we deal with meetings. So you, if you want to raise a matter when the chairperson on the platform, you must request to raise a follow-up and clarify the matter because I'm not out of order because I'm not responding on behalf of the department. It's the minister, the DM, the director general. So you'll be given opportunity. I'm just raising that. That's not the point of, it's not how matters are raised as a point of order. So you'll be given a matter to be uh, opportunity to raise on the on the on the follow-up. But the chair is not out of order because I'm not raising, responding on the issues of the Department of Home Affairs and presiding over the meeting, which is your meeting. So we're going to uh, follow up on the 
uh, issues that we raised, uh, Minister and the DG, including this uh, report that uh, uh, I raised it deliberately, the testing of the uh, uh, advisor um, Gumbi and the uh, Director General Lubisi. And also I raised it deliberately on how you reconcile the issues investigation process of government printing works because the committee have taken a decision and appreciated on you appointed fact the committee that also complemented your work to appoint the, uh, the, 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 the task team because of the issues that are arising from the government printing works. Is, is it, it will be at that time when the report has been presented by the Gumbi and whether we, uh, the committee will reflect on the uh, uh, affirming the consequence management that must be taken by whoever was involved including those that are in the executive of the of the of the government printing work so we can preempt uh, the report at this level uh, of the outcome and we'll make sure that at all times the committee their recommendations and decisions must be uh, uh, implemented that is a collective view of this uh, committee that is the how we're going to deal with this matter and I'm going to uh, give a benefit of doubt on the matter raised by uh, Honorable Ross. Uh, and he must from now on understand how function of the meeting are run and the raising of point of order, follow up or clarity. So I'm inviting you to do follow up uh, 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 on the matter you've been raising, Honorable Ross. No, Ross? Oh, thank you, Chairperson. No, I, I apologize. I, I just had the impression you were stepping off the item at that point. So, uh, apology from my side. Um, but uh, the, I think the point is that that it's a, it's a committee uh, resolutions and these need to be taken seriously by the executive um, because they, they are resolutions and they need to be answered properly. Uh, they cannot be battered away and, and uh, turned into a personal thing. So we need, we need a proper answer to that because it was a committee resolution that the CEO be held to account. And the question was, in, in what way has that been done? Okay, it has been noted. Uh, uh, Minister, can I give it another opportunity? Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, in my understanding of calling a person to account, it is about the issues that took place there in government printing works. And the, the CEO has actually given you an account today of every step that she has taken. But the biggest one will come with this tribunal was set up. When you said you must take people to account, you don't just jump and say, I'm taking you to account for this and that. You, you go deep, you dive deep and find out what has happened. And I'm telling you today here that in 12 days time, that report will come. If it found the CEO uh, guilty for anything, they will say so. And, and I'll take action about that particular issue. If they find any other person guilty of anything, they will say so. If they say we refer the matter for criminal investigation, that will happen. So you are right, Chairperson, I'm not out of order for, on any issue. You are right that somebody's jumping the gun here. 
They must hold their horses and wait, and it's then that they can talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. One of the principles we must always uh, understand is that uh, uh, decision, contributions of members to the issues raised by either department or the stakeholders involved. And our summary of decision for implementation is collective. And secondly, in the manner the department raised issues to us as committee members, we must take counsel to appreciate process and implementation phases. So I'm trying to say that the, the, the issues that are, are directed on our rules is, just wanted to uh, um, avoid your line that uh, this matter is becoming personal on the uh, responses from the uh, from the minister or yourself to the minister. I just want to try to uh, suppress uh, that uh, uh, view. Um, and I think we adequately understand that the, the tribunal which we have initiated um, take account all executive of the government printing works uh, um, and including uh, the CEO staff members. Um, and I think we'll await for that report and it will be reported to the committee and the committee will take a, a recommendation to that uh, effect. We're not going to leave anything uh, for uh, that is not going to be uh, implemented. Uh, we're going to marshal as a collective to make sure that decision of the committee, our oversight work uh, is collectively and we, are, we resonate within that uh, framework. Thanks, honorable members. Thanks uh, on this item, uh, the minister, uh, the CEO, and the team for uh, presenting. We'll follow up on the issues, and I think we'll be uh, able to take uh, action and yourself as the, as, as the team. And you remember that there are some of the issues, once the report comes, we have to refer them to, uh, to, to, uh, to SCOPA to do also uh, uh, work in terms of the legislation that we're presiding of. We're going to now step off of the item and invite uh, Mr. Adams uh, to deal with the analysis of the SONA and then uh, also with the matter uh, of, the, of the report that we have resolved on it uh, uh, last week. Uh, just a brief, uh, Ms. Adams. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Yes, uh, can I just confirm that the, that the document is displayed in front of you? Yes, yes, Mr. Adam. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, so we had identified oh, uh, six key highlights from the State of the Nation address that relate to home affairs. And there were two specific ones uh, mentioning home affairs directly, which uh, hasn't occurred in, in many years that there's such specific reference of, of the department in, in the State of the Nation address. Um, specifically. So um, the, the Home Department of Home Affairs, I think, came playing an increasingly important role in the development and the state of the, the country, um, at least from the SONA perspective. So the main highlights there were the attracting skilled immigrants uh, for, uh, for encouraging a thriving economy. Um, and then secondly, stimulating employment, um, including DHA interns, um, that are going to be recruited for digitizing paper records, which made mention to today in the, the response. 
Um, in addition, the, the following matters um, have been repeated from previous years, which relate to government departments more generally. Um, and, and that's a continuing work against standing against corruption. Um, then the massive rollout of infrastructure, including broadband um, internet, which again, we made reference to today. Um, and then the presidential state-owned enterprise council and its possible relation to the GPW. And then lastly, uh, strengthening democracy and reaffirming commitment to the constitution. So in terms of attracting the skilled uh, immigrants uh, for a thriving economy, the specific mention was made to the possible expansion of different visa options um, to, uh, to and also trying to encourage uh, tourism um, businesses that work, um, to which the, the department has already uh, indicated its expansion of the e-visa system to several countries. Um, and there's there has been in the past 10 years more emphasis on security rather than than on encouraging um, migration and promoting tourism it's because of uh, security growing security concerns around the world so um and we can see this also in the border management act so uh, where there's a strong emphasis on coordinating with the security departments but then the possible negative effects of that can be that there's sometimes the the good so-called good migration encouraging tourism in case encouraging investment encouraging um skilled migrants to come in can uh, can often be made as a second priority. So in terms of uh, countering the, the over-concern on security, there, there has been a revised critical skills list, which has uh, indicated you know, no, uh, new kind of areas of skill. Some of these new uh, critical skills um, on the revised list include um, directors of enterprise, corporate general managers, um, program or project managers, um, uh, quality assurance managers, and data scientists. And so what will be needed now that these scarce skills have been publicized is um, that they also need to be uh, technical guidelines published so that uh, they are these potential candidates or these potential applicants can know exactly what it is that's required uh, of them if they want to apply and also to have these uh, as possible um, avenues for application in the uh, the vfs or the online um, visa application system um, in addition to that the the, the president mentioned the possibility of exploring um, startup visas and remote working visas, which a lot of countries around the world um, uh, have started introducing just in line with the new nature of work in the modern economy, um, trying to encourage people to come and work here for prolonged periods of time um, when they're already being paid elsewhere so that you can stimulate, um, stimulate the economy. Um, we are competing with many other countries in the world, and so we're on the, on the defensive. We actually need to see if we can push these these kinds of changes as as quickly as possible but they will in fact require probably changes to the immigration act um, if we can't bring them through um, through the regulation changes um, then um, in addition the president also mentioned the removing of red tape in government departments in general and so perhaps this focus uh, um, government in general in terms of like removing red tape and admin can also assist the department in removing some of the administrative burdens that that continue to be experienced and delays that continue to be experienced in applications 
um, as also been raised by some of the members in the meeting today. Um, and then the digitizing of records, I think uh, the minister really went into quite some detail about this today, um, but this, these 10,000 interns, uh, it's a massive project because there's a significant um, amount of uh, backdated uh, non-digitized documents, which are kind of creating big risk to both security and also to, to the efficiency of the, uh, the government department. Um, so this is a well appreciated and long um, overdue uh, intervention, um, which will improve all services of the department from like births, deaths, marriages, and then also internal eventually also um, the visas related to like relatives and marriage type visas, uh, because all those 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 backdated records will then become uh, digital and and searchable and. Um, prevent, yeah, also prevent the risk of losing such documents. Um, so we'll just invite, we'll make sure that we include the uh, the progress on this project um, and uh, in the committee timeline, uh, the committee schedule going forward. And then the continuing work against standing against corruption. Um, the the significant work done by the, this committee in the, in the last parliament uh, investigating state capture. And this was fed into the, the Zonda Commission, which has uh, released two of its reports. And uh, I think the last one will then probably include the reference to the work done by our committee specifically. Um, hopefully, uh, I think believe being re released at the end of the month. So. Uh, we'll follow up and make sure that we, anything that relates to our committee and uh, our recommendations relating to state, to state capture um, will be investigated, along with uh, inviting the, the counter corruption unit to report to us again, um, as they have already been doing uh, intermittently in our in our meetings so far. But we'll include that on our, our, our agenda as well. Um, again, the massive rollout of infrastructure, including broadband. So again, was made mention of today. Um, and hopefully this rollout of infrastructure can also affect the, the, the ability of the, the DHA to uh, procure more offices as well as to update their current offices. So um, it's monitoring their interaction with the, the presidential level infrastructure projects and making sure that we can see that there's some kind of benefit for the modernizing of, of home affairs offices and expansion of its footprint. Um, in addition, the, the president also mentioned particularly seaports and the importance of them to the development of the economy and the, the DHA's capacity and infrastructure at ports has also been limited to, to some extent and perhaps also with now with the, the rollout of the BMA and um, increased infrastructure that's already being implemented at Cape Town. Um, uh, additional services such as these can be uh, rolled out to other ports, uh, particularly Durban and, and Gura container, container terminals where the processing of um, officials uh, for the processing of goods um, is uh, more speedily um, contested and also preventing um, the unwanted migration coming into the country. Um, that said, it's, it's a long-term project with uh, the rollout of the BMA capacity at, uh, at the ports of entry, 
um, particularly the seaports. So uh, this will have to be as an ongoing um, oversight area for the committee as we go forward, and we'll also include these in our uh, potential oversight visits. Um, next, the president mentioned the state-owned enterprise council, and though the GPW isn't formally a state-owned enterprise, um, it is not, nonetheless a profit-making entity. And so hopefully there will be some benefit of the centralized uh, shareholder model proposed by the president in terms of state-owned entities, so that there's a better separation of uh, the state's ownership functions from its policy-making and regulatory functions, which will could potentially benefit some of the management infrastructure and financial auditing challenges uh, at the GPW. Um, also, depending also on, on the outcomes that come from this internal investigation um, at the at the GPW. Um, so it was just a suggestion there to see if we can tie in these national level um, reconsiderations or revaluations of state-owned enterprises such that they can benefit the GPW too. And we'll keep ongoing uh, insight on that. And then lastly, um, also relating to the latest schedules of our, uh, our committee today um, and last week, the president's reaffirmation to strengthen democracy and the constitution uh, is supported by the work of this committee and its electoral legislation um, amendments in line with the constitutional court ruling and we just bear in mind that this is one of our one of the committee's overarching commitments is ready to strengthen democracy and and commitment to the constitution um, as well as also ensuring that the department continues its improvement of enabling documents uh, to allow um, more active participation in, in elections by uh, all citizens in the country. So that's just a brief overview of some of the, the key issues uh, raised in the State of the Nation Address to assist us going forward in our planning, and also perhaps in um, the, the members' debates in the House. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Well, thanks, uh, Mr. Adams, and your uh, research team for the good work analyzing the SONA and the debate, debate that has flown in. Um, and I'm sure that uh, also the members of parliament uh, debated on the issues which reflected on the work of uh, home affairs uh, government printing works and the IC. thanks very much for uh, for that in your the report you need to change a line there um, uh, so that it doesn't stay uh, i see you are saying former dg uh, of home affairs mr mavoso um, you mean to change? I think Mr. Mavuso has portfolio is heading there. Um, otherwise, we'll be compelled to put many acting DGs in the report. So, just just so that we don't get confused uh, on the status of uh, the uh, Mr. Mavuso when the report, your analysis being uh, documented. Uh, members, I think this is an analysis from Sona for uh, noting. Um, and if members need to uh, uh, interface with it, but is for assisting us on the issues that were raised by SONA. And I think uh, out of this discussion of the repeatable art discussions, some of the issues have been highlighted and, uh, and clarified. I do not take advantage that uh, uh, is for uh, noting because members still use it to follow up 
on our work and also use on the uh, debate uh, uh, notes. Um, can I establish if there's comment on that, uh, um, uh, members? And then I will uh, I'll start with Honorable Pile. Honorable Pile. Honorable Ross. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, I'll, I'll be fairly brief. And uh, Chair, I'm glad that the Minister quoted the Bible um, in his sonar response. Um, the, the verse I have for the Minister is, is Matthew 3, verse 8. And it, it says, uh, produce fruit that is fitting of your repentance. And what this means is, uh, you know, do something to show that you've really given up your sins. Um, and I think the big thing here, again, in the sonar is the, the, the issue of the e-visa. I think it's the fourth time that uh, President Ramaphosa has mentioned the e-visa, the urgency of it. Um, and so, so really just a few quick questions in terms of, is this e-visa going to be operational by March, um, as was indicated late last year? Um, is the central adjudication hub established? Is it ready to go? Um, does this impact the contract of, of VFS? Because uh, my understanding is then clients would be able to apply directly on this uh, e-visa system. How would it affect that uh, contract? Um, this visa and remote working visas are quite interesting. Um, so, so what are the thoughts at this stage on the structure of these visas and the uh, implementation or the estimated implementation timeframe of them? Hey, Jay. Thank you. Uh, I did not get the preamble if it was part of SONA. Uh, maybe. He will assist me. Um, <laughs> I do not get into issues which are not framed by SONA, and uh, um, and I request members to respond to that. Is that is my understanding that the frame is part of the analysis, uh, Honourable Ross? Uh, Chair, uh, when the, the minister's response to SONA, then he, he quoted a Bible verse. Oh, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. No, no, no. I, think I was responding with the with the Bible verse of, of a recommendation. Yeah. No. No. I think the minister also tell us about the the background. Yeah. Honourable Mulegwa. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, we welcome the report on or the research on Sona. Uh, I would like to encourage the department to draw action plan. Uh, for implementation of those issues raised in this one. Thank you, Chairperson. Thanks very much. Um, Honorable Kanyele. Thank you so much, Chairperson. Chairperson, I have been covered by my colleagues that have spoken before me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, Honorable Tito. Thanks, Chairperson. Um, I'm also covered, Chair. Um, I, 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 I think that, like you said, that we will make notes and then we will give our speech uh, during the, 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 the response on the BRRR. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Kwasa? No, I am covered for now, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Pile? Thank you very much, Chairperson. No, we appreciate the uh, analysis of SONA and I think it's important for members to reflect and perhaps at some point we can be able to engage and, and give some recommendations. But Chair, before I, I just say thank you, I just want to reiterate the importance of respecting the chairperson of our committee and meeting and following meet, meeting procedure. Thank you. 
Thank you, Honorable Play. Coach, Honorable Fandermeer. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I think the report is for noting, and I thank our researchers and team for putting it together. Um, I think the remote working visa for me is something that is quite exciting because, as uh, Mr. Simon said, other countries are implementing it. But also when we do address the issues of immigration at one point, when we have uh, that discussion, which is on our agenda, I would like us to look closer at the critical skills list. Um, I would, for example, want to know how did we determine specifically um, these skills gaps and are they matched uh, specifically to, to um, you know, um, gaps in the economy, for example. I know the list uh, contains, for example, uh, jobs such as political commentators uh, that is considered a critical skill. Uh, yet we've got many political commentators in the country. I'm not going to go deeper into it, but I think it's something that we still need to discuss further um, at a later stage. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you uh, for your contributions. I'm now inviting the DM uh, and the Minister, Deputy Minister. No, thanks, Chair. I think uh, the report is quite clear and uh, straightforward. All that we have to do now is to take some of the items coming from SONA and make them into a program for implementation this year. I think that is what you are responsible for. Thank you. Thank you, DM. Minister? Chairperson, thank you very much. Uh, maybe just to take this opportunity to explain the issue of e-visa. Uh, you are aware that the e-visa system uh, has been... Uh, we, we, we have actually uh, 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 tried it for the first time in a form of a pilot in Kenya. From there, we extended to the three biggest populations in the world. That's China, India, and Nigeria. The three of them form one third of the world population. We also extended to there. Then from there, it went over to 14 different countries, which requires visas. Usually when I listen to people uh, talking about this e-visa, they tend to forget that this e-visa can only go to countries that require visas. For instance, the whole of Western Europe does not need a visa to come to South Africa. The whole of Western Europe, the whole of North America, does not need a visa to come to South Africa. And if I'm not mistaken, yes, the whole of North America too. So the whole of SADC, the whole of SADC, they don't need any visa to come to South Africa. So the e-visa is not going to apply to them. It is not changing anything because they come, they come and go. For instance, in SADC, every human being living within a SADC country has got 90 days to visit South Africa 90 days per annum as part of this three free visa. So please take into consideration when we say e-visa, we are talking about countries who have to apply when they come to South Africa. And, and, and we've already completed the big ones, but we were largely disturbed by COVID because uh, piloting e-visa, you have to take people to go and, and, and sit in that country. And many of the countries, as you know, close their borders. Uh, when the pilot has started, and that's what deleted. But please do remember that there are many, many other countries, especially the ones that are good, uh, important for as a tourist partners who don't need visas to visit South Africa altogether. Uh, now, the, the issue of 
the remote working visa, yes. You are aware that one of the announcements by the president is that uh, he has appointed somebody in the office of the president to review the, the whole visa system. And, and that we are waiting for the, uh, for the president, including this whole issue of uh, uh, working at home and all that. And that's not in home affairs, but it's within the presidency and we will be waiting. Uh, now, the issue of critical yes, things. Mr. Adams, yeah, I don't know why you continue to disrupt your meeting. I mean, you have presented, members are commenting, you are disrupting. I don't think it's fair for honorable members and it's fair for participants. Take your pardon, sir. Yeah. The, the issue of critical skills, I'm happy that honorable fundamental raised it because I discovered how ill understood it is, and I'm not saying by this committee generally. Yesterday, I had a 45 minute interview with 702, Radio 702, where it was very clear the person was interviewing, they have got their own impression what an e visa system is. Uh, questions like it's coming to block jobs for foreign nationals or is going to favor foreign nationals in giving them jobs which South Africans can easily do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, uh, and maybe it, it will be important for me to explain. The issue of critical skills visa is not something we have thumbs up now that the economy has got problems or now that uh, there are discussions about migration. The issue of critical skills list is in terms of section 19.4 of the Immigration Act 13 of 2002. And, and as a general practice, every four years, uh, that that uh, critical skills must be reviewed every four years. And the review process is not just adding uh, uh, occupations there and skills. It's, it's quite involving. Now, unfortunately, the last time we released this critical skills list was in 2014. It took a very long time because while in terms of the law, it appears in the Immigration Act and in terms of the law, is the Minister of Home Affairs who must uh, publicize it but it's not really done by home affairs because it's, a, it's an impossible task for us. We don't have the skill and the capacity to do that. So what we do, we approach the Department of Higher Education and Training. And this time around, through the Labor Market Intelligence Research Program and DNA Economics, they, they, they were engaged on this issue of critical skills and departments like uh, uh, trade and industry, I mean, trade industry and, 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 and competition public enterprises, uh, basic education, uh, uh, small business, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Department of Labor and Employment, all of them, uh, tourism, health, all of them were, had inputs in this because we asked them in their area of work, what is that which they need? We even got 363 public comments from members of the public. From there, an extensive network process ensued. And you are aware that in NetLeg, when you say you are consulting NetLeg, you are basically consulting business, big business for that matter. You are consulting labor unions, not one union, all the labor union movement together. You are consulting the state and you are consulting community. And it, it spent a very long time there at NetLeg. And when we finished it, we sent it to the president project office. And it's only then that we, 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 
we 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 gazetted it. And then the 101 occupations that are there are the results of part of this process, not just the minister thumbsacking. And and the other thing I want to explain, after it was released, I had lots of people complaining, especially in the health sector, where doctors were seeing were undermining them uh, because they, they are not on the critical skills list. The critical skills list does not does, it has got nothing to do with the importance of your profession. Judges are extremely important in the country, but they'll never appear there. Actually, during the process of putting up this list, the legal profession was up in arms, uh, wishing that we must put law there as a critical skills list. It's not that law is not important, but it's not a critical skill because we have got enough lawyers in the country. We don't need any more from anybody. So a critical skill is about a, a skill that is needed in the, in the country for the economy, but it's in short supply in the country. It's not about the, the importance of, of the status of that particular uh, profession. It's, it's about whether we, are, we have got enough or we don't, and that's why we have to include the market research intelligence to look into those issues. Now, we are still receiving inputs from people who are still saying, no, you did not add this, no, this qualification is too high. We are dealing with them individually. But the last thing I want to say, Chairperson, it does not mean people who have got skills, very highly needed skills, will come only through critical skills list, no. There are other avenues, for instance, uh, uh, for the past decade, very highly rated medical and nursing specialists did not come into South Africa through critical skills list. They come through a general work visa, uh, which is in terms of section 19 of the act. Uh, some come through business visas, some come through bis uh, corporate visas, which is section 29 of the act. So there are many other ways. And there's a reason why we, we, we have done that, because certain skills are so important that we'll deal with them separately via some of these sections. And it has been working like that over the ages. And we did not see any reason why we should uh, sort of change it. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I, I think uh, maybe uh, uh, it might be important for the committee to ask us to come and brief them because uh, Honorable Fander Merve, mentioned something about political commentator. I'm trying to check what number is it on the 101 occupation, Honorable van der Merve, if you could be, uh, if you could help me, I, I don't seem to remember it. There are numbers from one to 101. Uh, if you could just easily say number what, what, uh, because when people write to us, they actually put their number and it's very easy to, to find it. I've got deer in front of me, but I, could, I can't easily, check that political commentator that's being mentioned. Please, okay. uh, if you can help me. Okay. <clears throat> Thanks, Minister and Honourable Members for making comment on this presentation. Thanks very much again, uh, Mr. Adams, for the analysis. Um, let's note it. Uh, we'll utilise and track the issues uh, the President has raised and the committee will uh, time to time follow up on the progress uh, for implementation on the issue. So I'm going to step off this item. The next item is around the, <clears throat> last week we dealt with the issue of the private members bill of uh, Honorable Lugota, um, and all of us, we um, resolved to uh, appreciate his initiative uh, to the process. And, and we um, 
reflected to now focus on the uh, the executive bill that was uh, tabled in Parliament and referred to the committee. You have, dealt, you have also adopted the roadmap for public uh, hearing. And I'll request the team, uh, Mr. Adams or Mr. Matons, just to do the brief report of the minutes raised last week. Then uh, we uh, formally deal with this matter. And, and then we uh, uh, end the, uh, the, the meeting. I'm going to request uh, Mr. Adams again or Mr. Matunsi. I think he will guide us on the on the process. If uh, there's a legal team with us, uh, will also be given opportunity if they want to comment on the on the process. But we have sufficiently dealt with the matter in our last uh, committee meeting, and the, uh, the sponsor uh, also uh, uh, confirmed through the PC secretary that there's no comment on the on the on the on the issues. Mr. Matunsi or Mr. Adams? Uh, good day, Chairperson. Yes, I'll I'll take us through the report and uh, and our draft um, version of uh, desirability. Uh, can I confirm whether the the, the, the document is uh, displayed? Yes, 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 Mr. Adams. You can proceed. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, to not uh, take too much time for the members, we've just drafted a report indicating a history of the submission of this uh, of this bill um, uh, in the first uh, couple of paragraphs, just to indicate that the bill in part arose out of the, the Constitutional Court ruling um, and that uh, Honorable Lakota then introduced the bill uh, sometime after that, and that in an attempt to address the, the New Nation Movement court, court ruling, in addition to um, a number of other uh, inc um, changes, including in introducing constituencies and an openness proportional system. Um, the committee received a briefing on this bill on the 9th of February, 2021, and um, subsequent to this, they uh, engaged in a number of activities, um, including the committee uh, conducting a workshop on electoral reform um, and the ministerial advisory committee being established um, by the, the Department of Home Affairs and the ministry um, to uh, investigate this, uh, the, the electoral reform, which made the two recommendations um, option one being a slightly modified constituency and the second being a mixed member model incorporating single member constituencies. Um, and after, after considering these uh, recommendations, um, the executive then introduced the bill on 10 January this year, as the members are aware, we are now uh, engaging on the executive bill and the submissions have been uh, received. Um, closing date being yesterday. And then the, the detailed briefing uh, we received on 8th, 8th of February, including engagements um, and inputs by the Minister on the private members bill of, um, sponsored by Honorable Lakota. 
Uh, in his input, the minister presented on the similarities and also the differences in the private members' bill and the executive bill. The minister particularly highlighted the executive bill targets the constitutional problems raised uh, in the New Nation Movement case. And it does so in a precise and minimalist way, only making changes that are necessary to accommodate independent candidates. Uh, while the private members' bill is more general, the electoral reform proposing constituencies and an open list system. Furthermore, it is explained that the private members' bill would uh, create additional administrative tasks for the IEC, namely splitting the country into constituencies and requiring them to register independent candidates, as well as um, uh, requiring them to register with the commission first, uh, which tasks are not required in terms of the executive bill. The differences in the manner in which the seats will be filled and allocated as contained in the two bills was also presented. The minister indicated that the private members' bill might not be possible to pass and implement in time for the 2024 elections, given the vast amount of work that would have to be done. Uh, and then on the 15th of February last week, the, the committee deliberated and considered the private members' bill in light of the briefings it had proposed previously received, as well as input made by the minister on the 8th of February. At this meeting, the committee also was informed that Honorable Porter agreed with the comments made by the minister uh, on the private members' bill, and hence had no further input to make. The committee then decided that it would not proceed with the private members' bill as introduced by Honorable Porter, in part because of the far broader, wide-rating substantive changes it introduced, and the fact that these would not likely be passed and implemented in time for the 2024 elections. The committee wishes to thank Honorable Lakota for proposing and introducing the Private Members' Bill. Although the committee will not proceed with the Private Members' Bill, some of the issues raised in the Private Members' Bill could quite well find expression in the Executive Bill following consideration of public submissions, the public participation process and hearings, and the committee deliberations. And then uh, the report can be considered and uh, we need a mover and a seconder, but we can first go to the move on to the motion of desirability, and then we'll, we'll call for a move-in um, seconder once we've done the motion of desirability, which is basically just a summary of what I've now just presented. So um, let me stop sharing this document, uh, share the, the, the MOD um, with, with your commission chairperson. Yes, proceed. So again, this just indicates here the it is the opinion of the Portfolio Committee on Home Affairs, the Electoral Law Second Amendment Bill proposed by Honorable Porter is not desirable legislation to amend the Electoral Act and the Electoral Commission Act. Um, and this then summarizes the contents of, of the of the Lakota bill. So I'm not going to go into, into details there, but essentially. It's all the additional matters that the Lakota and the Lakota is proposing to introduce in addition to the inclusion of uh, independent candidates, um, amongst which is um, providing for electoral technology committee um, and um, as well as uh, providing a list of candidates must be submitted by registered parties to contest an election um, must be accompanied by a personal manifesto um, and and also introducing an open this system as, as I mentioned in the report. And then these substantive far-reaching changes and additional administrative tasks might not likely be passed and implemented in time for the 2024 national and provincial elections. 
So essentially, that's the the reason for uh, calling for the motion of non-desirability. So, Chairperson, if then I can hand uh, over to you uh, in terms of requesting a mover and a seconda for the, both the report and the uh, MOD. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, um, Mr. Adams. Thanks very much for uh, tabling the presentation to members on the guidance we've received uh, in our deliberation in our last uh, portfolio committee meeting. I'm going to invite members to um, for purpose of approving the report by the portfolio committee. Um, can I invite uh, uh, Honorable uh, Pile? Thank you uh, very much, Chairperson. Chair, I want to move to adopt this report and approve it. And I think we've uh, spent a lot of time on this. We need to get cracking. Thank you. Um, move for um, seconder to the report. Lefa says seconds the report, Chair. Um, any contrary view to the reports? No. Thanks, members. The the, the report has been uh, both uh, approved by the committee as per your deliberation, informed by deliberation next uh, last week. Uh, we, as the collective, have uh, resolved that uh, we. Okay, Mr. Adams. Sorry to be technical, Chairperson, but we just need a, a mover and a seconder for both the report and the, the motion of desirability. So okay, can I call the Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Adams, for the guidance. I thought it's for both. Um, can we invite hands for motion of desirability? Move for the adoption. Sure. Honorable Yeah, Chairperson, I was giving others a chance, but since I, none of the members are, are speaking, I'll, I'll move for that. Thank you. Second to the mover. I will second. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable <laughs> Thank you, Honorable Chair. I move uh, for the second the report. Thank you. Second, any contrary review? Thank you. Now that we've approved all the two, um, uh, uh, one, the report and the motion of desirability, uh, members, we have a, a approved program of action for public um, approach the constitutional court uh, for extension. And uh, we want to thank uh, all members and also as we have agreed that we must invite and extend um, and call for uh, members of the public, the NGOs and uh, interested parties to form part of this uh, public hearings because it's quite important. Uh, um, Honorable uh, uh, Lizel in the last meeting that we need to um, extend uh, this public hearing so that we get guidance from our, uh, our people and all stakeholders. So we're going to interface with this process and make sure that uh, we adequately get uh, uh, sufficient inputs 
on the uh, proposed options that have been raised by the uh, the executive, the work that has been done, and other uh, um, uh, options that members of the public will contribute. And I think that uh, will give us an opportunity to, to broaden uh, clarity on this uh, on this process. Is there any other matter, Mr. Matonsi, that uh, we need announcement on? And then we're stepping off this item. Okay, Chair, the matter that uh, I have to announce is on our legislative program that uh, yesterday it was a closing date to receive submissions on the on the on the bill, and then uh, next week that is the first and and the second we are planning a public hearing. I'll, I'll call them like in national public hearings. Then it will be on on Zoom. We have got uh, a substantial number of submissions that we have received. This is beside the provincial public hearings, Chair. So that's all for the 1st and the 2nd of March. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Matunsi. I will I request you to also um, update members uh, uh, in terms of the process that we're going to uh, interact with uh, uh, so that before that time, all of us uh, were placed on the process of the issues. And thanks for, and also it will be important to indicate public submissions you have received in our next uh, meeting so that we're also working uh, uh, closely with this process, including the meeting that you, are, you have referred to and also the public hearing. It's going to be an intense uh, 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 work and also request you appreciate the work of the parliamentary legal team and in the research team of the portfolio committee for the work that yeah, you are continuously doing. And I think we'll also compliment uh, the members of the portfolio committee. Thanks very much, colleagues. Thanks very much, honorable members. Thanks very much, minister and the team. Um, uh, the three items we've exhausted in our agenda and the announcement has been carried. Um, unless there's another announcement uh, that need to be made. No, there's no other announcement. Okay. Thank you. The meeting is stand agent. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Bye-bye. Thank you very Minister, much, Chair. You, you must send the congratulation present to both members. They will declare. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will. Including Honorable Tito, by the way. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Thanks, Chair. <laughs> oh, yes. The way. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks. Madras. Hey, Muzi. How are you, Madras? I'm okay. Yeah, good to hear you. Uh, you, you know, see, I, 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 I'm still waiting for Adam and and and. Yes, Eddie. Sorry, I've, I've I've actually got to run. I've got an appointment. Um, what what did you want us to stay on about? No, it, it won't take long. What time is your appointment? At half past, and I've got 15, uh, take me fifteen minutes to get there. So if you can do it in four minutes, then please. Oh, okay. No, but it, it, no quickly. I, I thought I will I will share the. You know, we received these submissions, ne? Yeah. And then uh, I was going through the, the, the list. Let me just quickly, I hope I'll be able to get there before it's your time to leave, man. Uh, 
Just hold on, just hold on, just hold on, just hold on. So in other words, this is, uh, I was just compiling the list of possible people that we can call for public hearings next week. Okay. You can see the, 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 the document, ne? Yes. Yeah, the first one there is uh, one South Africa movement, but it won't be this guy here because he's representing another uh, organization. Those are the uh, organizations that I took from the submissions, Inclusive Society Institute, mm -hmm. Vali Musa as well, mm -hmm. and then uh, Citizens Parliament, mm -hmm. Africa School of Governance, uh, Mr. Zolane, Zonyane, Auta, Cancel Kasak, Abacha, Force of Change, Independent Candidate Association. So, Dr. Lewis will be presenting on behalf of that organization. So, we'll swap them. We won't be with One Movement South Africa. Then, 70 Group, COSATO, Indigenous First Nation of South Africa, a new nation movement. And I think these two organizations are the one that took uh, uh, Parliament to court the last, uh, not the last, yeah, the, the, the yes. last two. Yeah. Yes. So those are the organizations that I've, uh, I was just checking on the organizations that are, they've indicated that they are willing to uh, uh, make an uh, oral presentation. But they also. Okay. okay. And it's for both, both days, Eddie. Yeah, it's for both days. So this is like a draft. I didn't even indicate for which day. I'm going to cut them into two days. Yeah. Uh, then the other thing is, can we agree on time? How many minutes should we give each? I think, I think, yeah, I think ten minutes each. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Uh, Mr. Shungwani, uh, what do you think? I mean, I think uh, ten to fifteen minutes should be enough. Ten to fifteen, eh? Yeah, yeah okay. I, I think given how many there are, Eddie, let's just see, you've got 20 in total. Let's say 10 minutes times 10 is 100 minutes, which is uh, an hour and a half. And then, 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 yeah, so that's two hours. And then, yeah, so you don't really want things to go on for, have you, have, you, have you set the meeting for the whole day or just for half day? You, you know, that's the other thing I was checking on the program of Parliament. They will be sitting at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. Then there will be a sitting at three o'clock on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, but I think I can also apply to have our meeting end, let's say, by by two on Tuesday, and then no, no by Wednesday. But uh, tomorrow, uh, for Tuesday, I can also apply. Maybe we end at around four o'clock. Okay, then, uh, then, Eddie, then we can make it. Then we can make the meeting, the, the presentations, ten to fifteen minutes. Um, okay, well, let's say fifteen minutes. Right? Yeah. Okay, and then we'll just give going to give members some few minutes on question of clarity instead of debating the presentation. Yeah, because oh. I haven't provided a, a sum. I'm not going to be able to provide a summary and questions. There's not not enough time. I'm going to include it in the final report. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I just wanted to so that no, we are all in the same the same yeah, that's page. Fine. Send me a draft 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 version of the of the program, and I'll I'll give you further feedback. All right. Sure. Okay. Thanks, Eddie. Sure. Bye. 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 Bye.
No, except this. Who's this? Zolani, Zolan, Zonyane, and Valimosa. Uh, look on Amgun, they didn't mention you want to make a presentation. Who? Look on Amgun. Look on Amgun, look on Amgun. Can't remember. Is the presented Power FM, but okay, no, it's fine. Oh, okay. I, I heard from other platforms that uh, you will want to make a, a presentation, but if it doesn't, it's fine. Yeah, but also, you know, it, it, you know, this is what I was thinking that no, it, it would be difficult to take everybody who will want to make presentation. Otherwise, yeah, we're we not going to finish. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, it's fine. That's good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Oh, Adam left, man. I, I forgot to ask him something. Matacha person, I'm sure. Yeah. Are we the only one in the meeting? Oh, the other. <laughs> <laughs> we are about seven in this meeting. No, 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 no. Mabela, Eddie. Before I wait, wait, wait. No, there's someone else. Yeah. Before I leave, she's here. I'm trying to. Adam, before I leave, wait, wait. Are you inviting minister in this thing uh, for the the second? No, they have to come and listen because at some stage they have to respond. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to remove. I wanted to find out. 